Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Haven hits the ball deep to right center field. Haven Smith in St. Louis has hit a grand slam. Guys on base, highest percent of getting the ground ball there is Palante. He's done a really nice job of doing that. Otherwise, yeah, Jack could keep going. Let's get Nancy on a Tuesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. And we've got our guy Brad Thompson with us for the first hour of the show today. BT, how how you doing? I am doing great, fellas. How we doing over there? Well, I'm not well, great. We're Brad. not great. Brad. We're not great at all. Why? We got playoff over. hockey to get ready for. I think that that, that helps. You know, I, I think. Man, you're good. This hot start for the city. So that, and what about the Battle Hawks, gentlemen? Caw-caw! I mean, get, let me hear one. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jamie. Do what you did yesterday. Awful. I didn't ask for a synopsis of the game last night. I just wanted a, a to get everybody going. I think I, Jamie, Jamie yesterday goes, can't. can't, yeah. Make the playoffs, potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Well, this isn't the Blues. This is early. No, they, they play 162 <laughs> games. Not going to trade off all their leaders, you know? Like, things are going to be fine. I don't know why I deflect, Jamie. Gosh darn it. I don't know why you do problem. that, Brad. I, mean, I got a problem. My team's already done. You win. <laughs> it's already dead. That's it. Oh, I just put my sadness on others. Yeah. I always tell other people, don't blow out other people's candles it doesn't make yours burn brighter but here i am just blow it all over <laughs> yeah yeah oh well hey bt jack flaherty let's start with him he was charged with right. four runs in six plus innings in that loss last night to the diamondbacks bt first of all before anthony goes any further I- i'm looking at jack flaherty last night and as a pitcher and i know you're going to give me the right answer here but uh how pissed are you if you leave a couple of guys on base and then the other guy comes in and just gives up a home run and then you get charged with the earned runs after having an okay start? Not just a home run, a grand salami. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I'll say this. You're more mad at yourself for not being able to get out of it because most pitchers have been in yeah, that spot. I'd blame somebody else. Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. Look at you, Andre, and your hanging breaking ball. Look at you. And then he punches out a couple of guys afterwards with hammers. Oh, like, now oh, you do got, that. Got your guys, didn't you? Uh, except, for the, <laughs> except for the walk and the home run because uh, Andre was tagged with a couple of runs himself. No, I mean, it's one. Look, there's frustration because, the, first of all, the frustration comes with the fact that you're just not, as a ball club, you're not winning games, like consistently not winning ball games. Uh, against teams that you believe that you should beat. And the Diamondbacks are a much improved team. They should not be better than the Cardinals, right? And that doesn't mean you can't lose on a given night, but it's a team you should beat. 
Uh, but that's where the frustration starts. Then you're mad at yourself for that inning, starting by giving up a home run to Marte. You follow that up with a Gurriel double. Then you walk a guy. Like, I think it's very safe to say that Jack got his opportunity to get through that seventh inning, and then that's how the inning started for him. So even though the bullpen has been worked a bit lately, they've been taxed. Eyeball test while you were watching that inning. You were seeing some pitches get elevated, and I heard Ollie on the way in saying, look, we like the matchup. We could have given him. Uh, we could have given Jack a little bit more. I don't know how much more Jack honestly had to give in that outing. As you were watching some of these misses end up arm side, end up elevated. A lot of times, that's just the you know that that eyeball test of saying, hey, maybe he is getting a little bit fatigued. Yeah, I I don't think that he should have continued. Uh, he he had given up the home run as you had mentioned. There's two on then. Uh, here's here's the thing, Jack Flaherty going six innings last night and getting into the seventh is is incredibly encouraging. He's celebrating pro- everything. Now, he produced we? four. Just let me finish All there, right. Jamie. Would you let me finish once? I mean, just once, you Jamie. Always finish. He got just four missed swings on 90 pitches. Eight of the 15 balls that he had put in play were coming off the bat pretty hot. He... He made it work last night. It was better than previous starts. At that point in the game, after giving up the ding-dong Johnson and having two more guys on base with no outs, I think Ali should have went to the bullpen, and he did. Now, we can judge whether or not he should have went to with Palante, but we don't know who's available in that spot to him, who's feeling what, who's who's got the nagging injury, who didn't sleep well the previous night, who just got yelled at by their wives. We don't know. Ali well, knows that's not. Most of them well, probably got yeah. yelled at by their wives. They're gone a lot. Boy, it's stressful. Big league wives, that's a tough job right there. Uh, but uh, I would say this. Uh, at least three guys that I know of for sure were were off limits yesterday. Um, and that's why you end up with the sequence that you end up with right there, right? So um, it, it's one, if it works, it looks great. If it doesn't, that's what we're talking about. In large part, though, I think that the the conversation surrounding this team's struggles, especially recently when the consistency comes, it still falls on the offense. Like, do I think that this pitching staff as a whole, Anthony, is as uh, oh, he's right is is like top level of the league? No, I don't. I think that they're better than they've pitched. I think the last turn around the rotation, last turn plus, has been very promising for this group. Uh, but I, I think that offensively. They've just put themselves in such a position where you keep needing all these high leverage guys late in games because every game is tight because you can't cash in on some of these uh, opportunities with runners in scoring position. So, look, Jack, uh, to your point, Anthony, with the the lack of swing and miss, because that's something we lauded after his last outing against the Rockies. He got a lot of it. He got, uh, I think, 10 swing and miss just with his slider alone. Like, that was a really good pitch for in the, him. In the Denver game? The Colorado game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, And that was something that didn't show up as much in this ballgame. To me, though, his fastball command to both sides of the plate was better, and him utilizing his defense, there's a reason he was able to get deeper into that ballgame, too, mm-hmm. is because he got quicker outs and missed some barrels and got a bunch of balls on the ground. So I think it just shows you different ways that Jack can uh, get deeper into the game. But I went to the stadium today. I was chasing around Fredbird this morning. boy, Because that's, that's my life. And uh, one of the uh, security guards who I absolutely love, uh, he and I, and I won't say his name, uh, but he uh, he told me, he goes, 
Hey, hey, Bob Gibson's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> you hyping up that deep outing by Flaherty. I go, dude, all right, look, I get it, okay? I get it. That's it. This is no longer the era of Bob Gibson or even Chris Carpenter or Vintage Wayno. Uh, we talked about this on the broadcast, and I don't remember if I talked about it with you guys or not, but I found it, like, astounding the other day um, when I was looking up some of the numbers, and the Cardinals are, or at least coming into last night, they were ninth in baseball in innings pitched per game start, like the start for the starters going deeper. We're watching, it's like, holy crap, they're trotting out the bullpen left and right. They're in the top third when it comes to innings from their starters. I'm not saying that's where the, the baseline should be. I wish it wasn't the case. But in relative terms to the rest of the league, the Cardinal starters are giving you innings. Now, what you need is more quality innings from that group, which I thought that in large part, other than it was bookends. Jack's, Jack's outing was two bookends. It was a double and a single, the first two batters, one run score. Then it took all the way till the seventh inning to have any more damage again. I thought that was a good outing by Jack Flaherty. I was encouraged. I really was. I mean, look at this pitching staff has been... It's been interesting. We'll use that word uh, for so far this season. And for Jack Flaherty to come out up until the last bit there, right before where he, he gets the walk and whatnot, and then he gets pulled out of the game. I mean, I, I was fine with his outing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't disappointed. Is it, it Was it the performance of a number one or an ace? Well, no, it wasn't. But it's better than what you've been getting. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing right. that we're kind of accepting that or if mm-hmm. it's like just a, a bigger, a, a more of a macro vision of what your rotation looks like. Sure. This is a tricky conversation because it should be better from the guys that are struggling. The guys that are mainly struggling right now, Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz. Jake Woodford wasn't supposed to be a part of your your starting rotation. And thus far, he hasn't punched his ticket to remaining in the in the rotation and as soon as Wainwright comes back well, he hasn't been the worst no well no he hasn't but let's just put Jack let's just put Jake Flaherty jeez let's put Jake Woodford to the side <laughs> and talk about the rest of the rotation the Matt's and Michaelis should be better based on their resume the back of the baseball card all of that but at no point did we assume that those two guys were going to be a legit one and two in relation to the legit ones and twos that you see in New York and Philly and San Diego and other other places. So this it's like this interesting dynamic here that you have in that we expected the rotation to be a couple of threes, fours, and fives. All we're getting right now is occasionally a three from Montgomery and then a occasionally a three from Flaherty and the rest is like fives or shouldn't be in the big leagues. You know, I mean, when you look at it though, Anthony, like, do you believe that the group is better in large part that they've pitched? Not to say that I'm not saying an ACE, a a typical ACE is emerging, but do you believe the starting staff is better than they've pitched to this point? That that's kind of that that's, that is what I'm indicating. It should okay. be the rotation should be better than what it has shown to this point. We also know that the rotation is not good enough to lead this team to multiple playoff series victories and World Series. So, you know, when we talk about these guys struggling and and it should it should be better, it's almost like you have to take it with 
a grain of salt. Like Jack Jack Flaherty didn't it, he, he was he was better than what he was in previous starts. But there's still a lot of work to, to be done. Miles Michaelis, if you squint, ah, he's a little bit better on Sunday than he was in previous starts. Yeah, that's because his previous starts are dumpster fires. So I feel like the bar isn't being set too high right now, and that's unfortunate. I don't like how you, you tabled that with Michaelis, and I know this. The bar is full after all of these games here recently. There's been one place to go. Uh, guys, win or lose, we booze. That's just kind of the way. I've been on a few teams like that. It. Yeah, I mean, here we are, like uh, meeting at the bar after the game is kind of where where we need to be right now. That's us as a group, not them. They're well-trained, highly talented. They take care of their bodies. Uh, but for us as a fan base, you know, I think that that's a good place to take solace. You know, we did get a text from the 314. Seriously, the cards need to fix this. My alcohol consumption is increasing dramatically combined with an increase in grain. They are aging me quickly. Oh, that was my text. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It Why happens, did, Jamie. You read it, it off the you read it off the group text there. Yeah, that Marcy. was the group chat. Ah, yeah. My bad. Uh, All right, it's fast. Did you get anything from the six one hate? Oh yeah. What do we yeah. got? Uh I just saw it. I just blew past it here. Six one hate. Uh this the offense is a joke. Okay. Well, I'm glad yeah. losing is a laughing matter. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's still with us though. I love it. <laughs> Still him. Still is, yes. Brad. At least right. for now. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We'll get into the offense next. Yout hit the Diamondbacks. Uh, didn't, didn't do much uh, else, though. Huh? Yeah. It's not nothing. Uh-huh. That's yeah. next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Swing, fly ball center. Thomas on the run, still going, still going. That ball is off the base of the wall. Contreras on his way to second. What an at bat to tie this game. Swing and a drive. That ball is hammered. And that ball is not coming back. Alec Burleson with a thunderbolt. And the Cardinals with more two out magic pull a little closer. Chip Carey, Bally Sports Midwest on the calls last night. Unfortunately, the Cardinals couldn't pull much closer than that final score against the Diamondbacks last night as the Cardinals, well, they drop another game. 6-3 last night was the final with Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson. Beats you with us for the next couple of segments here. The offense last night, boys, six six hits to Arizona's five. So you out-hit Arizona. You also had some guys with some really nice games. I mean, Wilson Contreras, he's heating up big time. How Excuse about me. Big Willie, huh? couple it, of doubles for him. Did you have, Marsh, you had Wilson Contreras, right, for your home run? I did. He was super close. He was close. Too. He was really close. The first the first one wasn't too close, but it, I, I mean, it was a double, and then the one I thought you got. I, I did, too. It looked like it died out there, though, uh, mid-flight. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Contreras... Moved up to the three spot in the lineup, and then he goes two for four with a with an RBI. Burleson, you heard the home run. Burleson. Gorman with another hit. There you go, Jamie. Yeah, baby. That's you extended easy. you extended your streak. You got six hits on that. Again, a couple of couple of big big hits, including Burleson who's sitting second for you, and Contreras who's sitting third. But the difference was the Pavin Smith grand slam. This offense, BT. I was I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Dan, Dan McLaughlin was, was was with us last Friday, 
And he said, you know, just kind of observing this team, it just it feels like something's missing right now. When I was watching the game last night and the offensive performance, and you take a step back and say, okay, you lose six to three, yet you had some bigger moments. I feel like maybe something's missing with this offense, despite it being, you know, top to bottom, pretty good. Do you feel that way in, in watching this team up close? Yeah, it's clutch hits that's missing. Like, I don't think that there's a piece that's missing. I don't look at it and be like, boy, if you just had uh, a left-handed slugger or if you had a right-handed contact guy or if you had more wheels on the base pass, they don't think that there's, like, one individual piece that I would just handpick and say, all right, I want to yank this out of the lineup and I want to put this in. Obviously, we would all like to put Aaron Judge in the lineup or Shohei Otani, but, like, there's not one pivotal piece that I look at and say, well, this this is for sure the issue. The issue has been collectively not getting the hit when it matters the most. So uh, this always happens. Like, I don't care who the team is, and I don't care what time of the season is. When you're not scoring runs, you look flat. You always hear that term. Say, hey, man, the Cardinals are flat. The offense is flat. But everything looks flat when you're not producing, right? The Blues look flat when they're not scoring goals. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that you don't have the right. Uh, Jamie, I was just using the Blues Why, as Brad? context. Well, Why? I was just saying this spans sports, He's right? trying to localize like, it. You know? Oh, is he yeah, ever? Yes. Localizing yes, it right, right into my heart. Mm-hmm. Now he no, was there. That's, he that was wasn't a- the intention, Anthony. I would never do no. that on purpose. Yeah. Now he was talking about the Cardinals here. So he was already localizing it. He didn't necessarily need it. But I think in <laughs> at this point, BT was not. That wasn't a slam. Okay. Look, yeah. let's 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 keep going here a little bit. So the Blues are flat if they're not scoring. You at work, right? If you're not getting any sales, well, your sales look flat. Not that you're not trying. You're not picking up the phone. You're calling every day. You got your best pitch, Anthony. You're starting with the why, but it's just not happening <laughs> for you, right? These things are not just are, are are not selling at some point. Do you do you pack up and go home? No, you go out there and you find that dog. You know that's what you got to do. Uh, no, I, I really think. I think that's the thing that that's missing every offense is going to look bad when they're not getting the big hit and you guys have talked about it ad nauseum we've talked about it a lot on the broadcast cardinals when you're looking at in terms of average i think they're tied for 21st with runners in scoring position when you're looking at slug like doing some damage with runners in scoring position i believe they're 27th they've got two home runs in that position uh with, with runners in scoring position and overall like if i had to say like what is the the missing element right now for the cardinals offense the one thing that I, I look at, and again, it's not a player. It's not just like one guy who's not getting it done. The thing that's missing to me is the home run. Like the Cardinals are a team that I believe that they have a lot more power. We know how difficult it is to hit a home run at Bush Stadium, specifically early in the season when the ball doesn't fly as much. But I, I think that is the thing that is ringing they're, they're they're middle of the pack i just think they're a better than a middle of the pack team in terms of home runs bt if we circle back real quick to you know we call it wait, clutch hitting uh with you know runners in scoring position i know i've asked this of you before and i know i've asked matt holiday this question but like what really changes in those moments is it the batter's approach that changes or do the pitchers do they change their approach at that point because if you're getting guys on base consistently, it feels like just go up there and take your at-bat. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. 
No, it's a great question. And the the concept is a hitter should not change. Like you should be thinking, all right, let's look for something elevated here. Let's do some damage. Maybe you're thinking up the middle away because that's your normal approach. If somebody throws something in, then you turn and burn on that. Uh, but what does have? There are some guys. First of all, they that to use a dunkism, get the old tight cheeks when it gets in that spot. It's like, oh yes, here it is, right here. I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay here in the big leagues, or I'm gonna earn my contract on this one. Like there are guys. <laughs> that end up doing stuff like that. But when you do get in that position as a pitcher, that's when pitchers, you want to say you're bearing down all the time, but that's when you're getting your best pitch and you're getting a lot of it. Like Mm -hmm. if your best pitch is a slider, well, I'm going to slider you to death. And there's going to be a a real focus on not giving up that damage. And I think that that's where you as a ball club can be more selective, you know, and one guy that I look at that has not been incredibly selective in some big spots, and uh, I think that he would tell you first. And by the way, this is a guy that can go from not selective to hitting 15 home runs in the span of uh, seemingly a month is Nolan Arenado. Arenado has expanded his strike zone quite a bit in some of these big spots. I feel like he just keep trying to make something happen. His overall numbers are fantastic. But there are different spots where you'd like different guys just take a little bit better at bat but to answer your question it really is mainly you're getting pitched a lot different you're getting a lot more breaking balls you're getting a lot more things that are away from you especially late in games jamie as a pitcher you generally don't want to get beat on the inner half of the plate you want to make the opposition go the other way with it because for the most part that's where most guys have their least amount of power so that's where you really have to be patient as a hitter letting the ball travel and try to square something up the other way that's brad thompson Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. we got to get into the bullpen next. Andre Pallante struggled last night. We know Jordan Hicks has struggled. Is it just a couple of guys, or is it the bullpen as a whole? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The 
the cutter, um, not being able to locate it as well as he normally does, and then uh, the curveball just uh, just spun there. Um, unfortunately, a bad time for it, but it happens. But mostly just uh, being able to get that into the lefty as well as he usually does. That was Cardinals manager Ollie Marmel following the game last night when talking about Andre Pallante and what went wrong for him last well, night when he gave up the grand slam. Gave him the ball. Okay, Jamie, just All right. settle your face Look, down. Look, they did have to give him the ball to pitch, BT. Okay. They shouldn't Guys, have. The bullpen is fixed. They just made a move. The hey, bullpen B- is fixed. BT, what do you, uh, what, what sort of advice can you give a young man like, uh, go ahead. Oh. one ESPN breaking news alert. What kind of advice can you give to a young man like Andre Pallante as he makes his way from St. Louis down to Memphis? There's a Taco Bell. <laughs> there it's it about is. About yeah. 45 minutes into the drive. Um, and look, get all the things you normally wouldn't eat because it's going to be a drive of sadness. You're going to have to stop about an hour after that, too. You know why. Um, and then you go back there, you get right back to work, and you get back to the big leagues. Andre Pallante ends up getting optioned out. Cardinals need a fresh arm. JoJo Romero has been promoted to the Cardinals' bullpen, so that is uh, your roster move of the day right now. And, look, Andre Pallante, this is uh, – and I was just looking a second ago at, like, manipulable pieces in your your bullpen. You don't have too many. You had Andre Pallante that had options. Zach Thompson's got options. You aren't going to touch him. Henesis Cabrera has looked really good the last couple of times out, uh, less two especially. Um, and then other than that, you don't really have anybody. You got Helsley. Who's got uh, who's got an option and Gallego still has options? Are you sure as hell not moving those guys? Like you don't have too many pieces that you can move in and out. So unfortunately, Palante, who's had some very good times as a member of the Cardinal, he's the odd man out because they just need a fresh arm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I guess this leads us perfectly into the bigger conversation. You got Andre Palante again. He's optioned to Memphis. JoJo Romero coming up. You've got Jordan Hicks struggling, but he's got the service time, so he, he can't. You can't just send him to Memphis without his approval. You've got other, you know, I, Packy Naughton's banged up. Is this a bullpen issue, or is this like three guys being an issue? BT because Zach Thompson doesn't have an ERA at this point. Uh, Geo does not have an ERA at this point. He's been excellent. Ryan Helsley has been very good for you. The the bullpen, you know, Hennessy's Cabrera has had a, a nice nice rebound. I know he had you know kind of a rough last outing against Pittsburgh, but otherwise has been solid for you. I don't know if it's a it's a it's necessarily a bullpen problem. I think you've got a couple of guys that are just really struggling. Yeah, I, I think that you could make a case that there is a bullpen construction problem due to some of the factors we just talked about, having limited guys that have options and that Memphis shuttle that we talk about. That's ridiculously important throughout a season to be able to move fresh arms in and out. Uh, and the fact that you don't have a traditional long man with the addition of Jake Woodford into the rotation that has thrown things off. Now, when Wainwright comes back, I expect that you probably end up having Jake right back into that bullpen, and then you have that. So I think it's fair to say that. But overall, and you're, look, there's no way around. Jordan Hicks, the Jordan Hicks situation is a problem. Like, it is a legit problem. BT, can when, I ask you a question yes, about that? Yes, please. Because I, I, Anthony and I kind of got into it yesterday, uh, not like picking one side or the other, but th- – for me, it's a real problem to have a guy on a roster that you really can't use unless the game's out of reach. 
Like he's, yeah, I know. He's taken up guy. a well, okay, and I've been that guy too. Where okay, play him now; it doesn't matter, you know. But when you have limited spots in your bullpen or just in your pitching staff overall, like doesn't that handcuff you like in a really bad way? For sure, it does. No, it absolutely does, and especially when it's a guy that you believe was going to be in the middle of some of these higher leverage innings that are there for you. And in a perfect world, you just send him out. Say, okay, well, you're struggling. As Ollie said the other day, this is not a league. This is not a developmental league at the big leagues. Sure, you're still continuing to learn and you're continuing to teach, but it's like Hicks right now. The the at bat, and I don't know if we talked about it or not, but the at bat that he had against McCutcheon was one of the more head scratching at bats I've ever seen in my life. As he just flicks him up slider after slider. I think the sixth pitch might have been a change up up in the zone, then went right back to the cement mixer slider that ended up. Why being would a he do run. that, BT? Because he has no there? faith. He has no faith in himself. He has no faith in his fastball. Throws 102 miles an hour, but doesn't know where it's going. Like that's the only thing that makes sense in that situation is that he just doesn't believe that he can throw that thing for a strike or do so consistently. And I don't care if you're up seven or you're down seven, you're still going to be in a big league ball game. And there's still going to be every eye on you next time you are out there because everybody knows what you're going through right now. And everybody's going to scrutinize it. And there's going to be microphones in his face. So like win, lose, or draw, it goes great, it goes bad. It is a story at this point. It would be nice to be able to go down, work on this, get it fixed because he's not a freaking AAA arm. That's a big league arm, but he's got to be able to piece it together. But herein lies the problem, okay? And this is a, this is a tough balance between the team balance, pick your scales, and the player balance because the player has rules. He got over five years of service time. He does not have to accept this. Now, that being said, with the way that he's throwing, he is hurting the team. But if he goes down to the minor leagues, guys, and he spends a significant amount of time down there, guess what happens to the impending free agent Jordan Hicks next year? He's no longer a free agent because he won't have enough service time. Then it'll be another year of arbitration for him. Like So it's not as easy as, a, uh, yeah, I'll sign off on that. I'll probably be back quickly. It's a tough decision to make, but his decision likely, I mean, I'm assuming he was asked, his decision to to be here, be like, no, nah, I'm good, I'll figure it out here, it's hurting the team currently. Yeah, so, okay, so I've got questions because I don't understand all of the rules with Major League Baseball. Like, in the NHL, they can send a guy down for two weeks for conditioning, and it's literally two weeks you go down, and at, at the end of the two weeks, the player agreed upon it, the player can literally just come back up. doesn't have to be called back up, he can just work his way back up there. Is there a scenario like that that could present itself to where the team and the player could agree, like almost contractually agree on an amount of time to go down there and work on things? And then what does the player get paid down there? Does he still get paid big league money or does that change? No, he would still get paid his big league salary. What he would not get is his big league service time, and that ends up being the biggest issue. So the only thing, like the closest thing to what you're talking about, Jamie, and as far as I know, I'm, I'm almost positive, it's nothing that you could actually contractually do, right, okay. and like sign off on, uh, is the only way to get sent down and get your service time back is if you get recalled within, I believe it's 10 days, because someone got injured, right? If somebody gets injured, you can recall a player a little bit earlier, and then you end up getting that service time back. And it might be two weeks. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but you can get that service time back that way. But that is a freaking crapshoot if something like that ends up happening. Uh, so I, I wouldn't put all my, my stock in that one. 
But the Hicks situation is one that is absolutely handcuffing this bullpen. And it would it, it's it's so easy for me to say, well, just take your just just go ahead and take it, go get sent down and, and get right, because I believe that this bullpen is better when he is out there. But the question is, how long can this front office, how, how long can you let him work through things? Like, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. Is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is it, you know, Wilking Rodriguez should be back soon. I think that he's heading off on a rehab very, very soon. I, I believe he's heading to Memphis, could be today. Uh, and, and he'll be back soon enough. Wilking Rodriguez, for those that aren't familiar, he was the Cardinals' Rule 5 pick that he got from the Yankees, another guy that throws in the upper 90s. Does he have, like, the same electric stuff as Jordan Hicks? Not necessarily. Has he also had questions? Can he throw strikes in his career? Yeah, no, he's had some of those too, but maybe they look at that and say, okay, well, here's the one for one. Or you look at different guys in the minor leagues, say, hey, we need some more innings out there. Maybe you bring up Graceffo or leave. Maybe it's Leahy or, you know, who, whoever. Like there are different guys that could end up helping you. There might be a tough decision to make here soon if Jordan can't get things figured out. And I really hope that he does because I know how much he benefits the club when he's right. That's Brad Thompson. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Again, if you're just joining us, following a struggling outing last night, Andre Pallante has been sent to Memphis. He's been optioned to Memphis. Jojo Romero will join the Cardinals in a subsequent roster uh, move there. So Jojo Romero up, Andre Pallante down, and we'll continue to talk about the Cardinals. Next, Jordan Walker. He has struggled just a little bit here in his last couple of games. The outfield rotation, though, it's something that Jamie wow. and I continue to talk about. We'll give... What? Just wow. We'll get BT's thoughts on the outfield rotation next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That's right. Time to play the lineup game here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN as the Cardinals host the Diamondbacks for game two of the series. Jordan Montgomery takes the bump for the Redbirds against Trey Jamison, who's a right-hander for Arizona. So, boys, yeah, Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Cardinals lineup game right now. I think this is pretty easy. I would say so, too. Everybody on board with a little Brandon Donovan? Yes. Show us Donovan. Donovan? Hello? All right. right. A big uh, burly man Alex. usually hits here now. Yep. Yeah. Big oh. burly. Burleson. Why don't you go ahead and show us Alec Burleson. There's absolutely no choice here. All right. Well, we know that this guy's back in the lineup. Show us that Goldie. I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Goldschmidt was not in the lineup last night. Any consideration to Ali not having Nolan Arenado in the lineup tonight? I don't think so. You you just lost. So, I would love to be able to even up this series. I know Ali was talking to us before the game yesterday, and he was saying he, he's got a lineup that he staggers. He's got it at least – like right now he's got a lineup that's already set through, uh, through Seattle. Now when I say set, it's like what he's thinking through Seattle. And he said basically the way that he does it is he schedules days off for the big boys. Unfortunately, I didn't ask the follow-up question of when Arenado is out. Um, but he'll be out in one of these. I, I would much rather just see Nolan Arenado in this game, though. Okay. Well, show us. No, 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 no. Sorry, Brad, Some but you're really wrong. Stupid. 
stupid days off and health and load management. Yeah, yeah it's that can that, be dangerous. It's that damn NBA that's screwing you up right now. Uh, it really is. So does Gorman get the, the cleanup spot here? I think it's Contreras. I do too. Contreras That's was third I, I last think they night. Move him up. Yeah, you get the right. two doubles. You just don't believe in Gorman at all. You make me sick, quite honestly. Well, Go with Contreras. Manipulation has it at its finest. Show us Wilson Contreras. Wilson! 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 Fine, you're right. Jamie, I feel like your guy can go now. There you go. Oh, yeah. Stormin' Gorman. Stormin' Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. <laughs> he sure is. All right. So uh, I guess here's the question, guys. Do you do you stagger? Do you try to go left, right now more? Or do you do you back to back? Do you go do you go newt? Do you go O'Neal here? Like that's kind of where I think that we're at. I'm thinking Canadian bacon personally. But I don't know. But I don't know. Was it last night that Ollie went lefty lefty at the start, yeah, well, or is it the uh, night before? Did. We had, Do- we had Donovan, Donovan and Burleson. Donovan Burleson. That's right. You got to get. Oh yeah, he's going lefty lefty. He always, he always goes yeah, lefty lefty against true. righties. True. So he does. Last so he night doesn't care. Gorman he really O'Neal. doesn't care. Ollie's a rebel. Then I'll then I say it's Lars Newbar here. All right, fine. BT, what do you think? I'm going Newt too. All right. I'm going to go Newt as well. Newt, there it is. Come on, baby. Now I think it's Canadian bacon. Yeah. Show us that big hunk of Canadian bacon. Yes, my Canada! All right. Okay. The the man that we were planning on talking about, Jordan Walker, scuffling a little bit recently. So tough on this guy. He's keeper struggling a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Hey, you two. I'm not going to let you I'm, do this to the young man. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just saying I, the, the sky is the limit. The future is bright, he, but <laughs> we can we can look at it and say he hasn't been the best here recently. He's chasing But they've been running him out there every day. Is this, a, is this our guy batting eighth? Who else could it be? Let's just think about that. Could it be D.C.? D.C.? Yeah. yeah, D.C.'s the only other option. Because you still need an outfielder. Yeah. Yeah, because you got Newton O'Neill right now. I say they walk him back out there. Pun intended. I see what you did there. All right. Uh, show us Jordan Walker. What a shame. <sighs> Dylan Carlson. Yeah. Show us. Show us. Hey, Carl. Carl. Good to see you. Okay. All right. Uh, Jamie, go ahead. You have honors. Well, it's our guy, Tommy. Show us Tommy. But right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy boy, to get this place going. All right, Marsh, run it. All right, leading off, playing second base, Brendan Donovan batting second, the DH, Alec Burleson. Batting third, first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. The cleanup hitter, batting fourth, catcher, Wilson Contreras. Batting fifth, playing third base, Nolan Gorman. Batting sixth in right field, Lars Newbar. Batting seventh in left field, Tyler O'Neill. Batting eighth in center, Dylan Carlson. And batting ninth, the shortstop, Tommy Edmond. Back, 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 back. Go foul! Go foul! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run!
All right, Marsh, why don't you go ahead and give us those standings? Yeah, Anthony, you're up one nothing, 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 nothing. Okay. No one yeah. else has yeah. been able to uh, predict mm. a correct home run. The first Cardinals, of course, home run in a game. Uh, BTU of honors, go ahead. You're, a- I love it, guys. By the way, love all the new Sounders. Not that I don't listen every day, but a few of those are new to me. <laughs> I got to tell you, and I dug every single one of them. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, and look, home runs in back-to-back games. Not the easiest thing, but I don't think that. Dre Jamison is sneaking cheese by the fastball hitting rat of Alec Burleson. Give me Burley. Burleson. Marsh? I think I got to go back to the well here. This man has been heating up, and I feel like his first home run is coming soon. Hopefully it's tonight. Wilson Contreras is my guy. Yeah, I was looking at that one too, Marshy. Jamie? I'm going back to my guy. The big boy. Let the big dog eat. Storm and Gorman. All right. All right, uh, RL. Yeah, here we go. Get, just just write down Goldie. Yeah. RL Chalk over here. I'm going to take <laughs> the, oh, Lars Newbar. Lars Newbar is going to hit the home run. You let us get to you, Golly. Anthony. You let he us get pressured. to you. Lars. He did. He let us get to him. Newbar. What a pushover. What? Goldie's, what, got one, what I was Goldie's got one home run. His power's zapped. He's a single okay. hitter now. I, I I want to I want to lose this just that, so Goldie hey, wins it. Hey, that didn't turn out how you guys wanted it to, huh? Goldschmidt got run over because of you guys. <laughs> you did this. I hope Goldie this hits is a on home you. run. I hope Goldie hits a home run in the first inning. He won't. Jeez, oh, Anthony. Oh, don't get on base with a walk. What the hell is wrong with okay. you? Hey, here's a real question though. He's if walking the more than does continue, hit the ball out of park. That's true, too. Well, you know, that most people do. Um, <laughs> if the offense continues to sputter a little bit or, or, or not getting that big hit, how long until we see Goldie batting second again where your best hitter should be hitting? Uh, probably next week. Mm. No, he won't move. I'd put Gorman at two. I'd put Gold, I'd, I would put Goldschmidt at two. I'd put two. Gorman. High on base, and yeah. despite my sarcasticness, Guy's got a little pop. I, I would think hammer that's a perfect Gorman right in between Goldie and Arenado. You put him right there, huh? Yep. Right in between. Goldie, mm. Gorman. I, you know what? Nolan. I, I like that. I also think that Burley or Newt fits really well there, too. Newt, especially because he's a higher on base guy. Yeah. I would move Burleson down, get that power, get that power later in the lineup. He's doing great in the two hole. I'm trying to lengthen the lineup, Jamie. I'm trying oh, yeah. to get length to this lineup. You're always trying that. Mm hmm. So Jordan Walker is not in the lineup today. Thoughts on that? Uh, He's probably headed to Memphis. Okay. (laughs) BT, before you before you go, because you have to go, you know, do some TV work here. What what are you seeing with our guy Jordan Walker? Uh, I see a guy with very evident holes in his swing that he's going to have to figure out at the big league level. Like anything that's down and away from him, he's not able to hit. You make a mistake on the inner half, he can end up hurting you there. I think he's very rotational in his swing. I think his back gets through the zone a little more quickly than you would like. You'd love to see him be through the zone rather than around it. That's why you're seeing a lot of these ground balls to the pull side from Jordan Walker. Uh, but it's gonna, just going to take some adjustments, and it's going to take – the thing is with them, I, I think they wanted Jordan to get to the point. You're not going to mess with the young man while he just started at 20 years old. He hit his way onto the club, and he's got a hit streak going on. 
I think that they were kind of waiting for him to go through some some struggles, maybe prolonged struggles at this level, to say, all right, well, here, what about this? Or have you thought about this? And start tweaking things. Because I, I feel like that's important to let somebody struggle a little bit before you end up trying to fix certain things. BT, uh, the young man, Jordan Walker, swinging a lot at first pitches. Is that by design by the player, or is that a hitting strategy with the coach? Like, why would why would a guy do that so often? I think, yeah, I think it's uh, it's more so by the player. There's not like a wholesale like, hey, just just jump on one early. And a lot of times at the big league level, especially the first pitch is going to be the best one you get a chance to see. Uh, I got a lot of guys like to get ahead, but here's the problem: once the book is out on you that you are a free swinger early on, guess what? You're getting spinners early, and then maybe finish late with the fastball. So guys end up pitching you backwards, and the problem with being able to hit pitches with authority, right? I'm not saying he's not he's not going to be able to drive the ball, anything on the other side of the plate. But currently, if he's going to drive anything, it's middle, it's middle in. Um, is that guys at this level don't tend to make as many mistakes as guys at the lower levels. That's why these pitchers are at the big league. So guys, uh, oftentimes their misses when they're going away, their misses away instead of missing in. So he's just going to have to start making those adjustments. He, he's, he's a very bright, kid like he knows how guys are attacking him now what is his counterplay like how does he play chess at this level bt great stuff as always love seeing you man we uh we certainly miss you on the show full time but very thankful and very appreciative that you're joining us for out for an hour here here and there Guys, I miss you guys like crazy, and everybody I talk to at the ballpark, you guys have so many fans of the Fast Lane that are around Bush Stadium that work there, that are fans of it. They love you guys, love the show, so I love joining you guys. Well, tell them we love them. We love everybody, bro. Yeah, everybody love everybody. That's a motto yeah. on the show. You yes. know that. Yeah, I did have somebody yesterday, Anthony, real Uh-oh. quick before we go, to tell me that you need to start holding people accountable. That's the only thing I've heard that there's been some accountability issues on the fast lane. I just I don't I don't love it. Was it Mo? Did Mo say that to you? You know what? It doesn't matter who it was, and it it wasn't Mo. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, Anthony. I just I know that you're better than that. You yeah, know, do better. You're Anthony. right, Brad. He is. Yeah, hey, uh, I basically put that on my my mirror. Every morning, so I see that. You're better than this. And I just read it, and I say, you are better than this. And I look at it when I go uh, to bed each night. I go, man, you know what? I'm you should just get a tattoo right across your chest. Yeah. But you'd have so to tattoo me. it backwards so you could so read, I read it, it. in the mirror. Yeah. And it'll look really cool. Mm-hmm. People be like, wow, he's mysterious. I'll go do that right now. BT, good seeing you, man. We'll be listening tonight. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Tonight's going to be the winner. This is going to be great. Yeah, Radio's going to be fun tomorrow. Darn right. Darn right. That's Brad Thompson. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Do the Blues need a captain to write this ship? They need something. I said ship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's next on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. have a vision past the current year you don't want to have revolving seas uh, as I say that and we've had revolving seas but it's not something that you put on someone hoping that it lasts a year or two so you can do it again but ultimately I won't do it in a vacuum where I'll just wake up one day and not let anyone know what I'm doing but I think that's the management's responsibility other guys think it totally different other guys have a, a team vote but you have a team vote and next year seven of the guys that voted for you are gone where's your leadership skills that's Doug Armstrong, Blues Hockey, President of Operations there, President of Hockey Operations. On if it's possible that the Blues don't have a captain next season with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalzer. Braden Shen, I think, will be the captain, Jamie, but you've been in a locker room before. Several. Many, yep. in fact. Several. What What do you think is the, the ultimate role and the responsibility of wearing the C? Let's start with that. All right, so let me go back to something I said two years ago that I'm going to repeat and that I firmly believe it to be true. Um, Your next captain is a guy that doesn't need the C on his jersey. It's the bottom line. If you have to have a C on your jersey, you're not really a captain. You're not the leader. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm going back. When when Vladimir Tarasenko was all pissy about wanting a C on his jersey, that's why you don't give it to a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to want it. A lot of guys who are leaders would like to be recognized, but they don't need it. Ryan O'Reilly never needed a C on his jersey to go out early and work on things, to help young players, to go sacrifice of himself. Alex Petrangelo never needed a C on his jersey to compete and go out there and work hard in the summertime and always be in the best shape possible. David Backus. Go down the list of captains they never required the C to lead. Yeah. So when I'm looking at this hockey club, I look for guys that night in and night out, day in and day out, are leading. By example, first and foremost. And you look at, at the top of the food chain, probably a couple of guys that come to mind. It'd be Braden Shen, Justin Falk for me. And that's kind of where it ends for me. As far as a captain is concerned, I think the next captain of the Blues is one of those two guys. Braden Shen, speaking of which, Braden Shen spoke on the thing that I basically just asked Jamie. What what makes a good captain? Over my career, I've had, you know, good captains with Petro and, and O'Reilly and, you know, Claude Drew and guys like that. Captain's one thing, too. I think you learn from everyone in the locker room realistically um there's so many different types of personalities and the way guys handle themselves and i was very fortunate lucky to play some guys at a young young career uh, in my young career where uh, you learn from guys and you know if we're talking about O'Reilly, what you take away from him is just the way he his work ethic yeah yeah the greatest captains i ever played for it was just automatic 
Like you just knew that they were the captain of the team. And so the letter on the jersey is nice for team pictures. You get to see who's, you know, wearing the C and whatnot. But mm-hmm. for me, the St. Louis Blues, their bigger task is creating more individuals that fall under that umbrella of could potentially be the captain. And what I mean by that is right now we've isolated two guys. I have, Shannon Falk. For me, those are the two guys. Krug, you know, he, he's in the area code. But after that, you know, what are you looking for? It's not much to me that jumps out. What I want if I'm Doug Armstrong is I want a long line of players where I'm like, I really don't know who to give it to. Because player X, Y, and Z are, you know, they've stepped up their game. A, B, and C over here are, are leading every day. These guys are just, so now you're sitting there going, wow. I have a room full of guys who could potentially wear a letter on their jersey. That's a dream come true for an organization. And that's where you get the culture thing from. You look at the successful teams over the last handful of years, and they've had a culture of leaders. To Tampa Bay Lightning, we always talk about this, Anthony. They the very successful franchise for the last however many years, five, six, seven years. They've got Steven Stamkos and Kucherov laying down and blocking shots. Yeah. They, in the playoffs and in regular season game, like they're leading by yeah. example. Everybody wants to do that now. Everybody, how can oh, you not? Okay, if they're doing it, the goal scorers are, are laying down to take one off the chin. Then yeah. I'm, I, I need to do it too. A hundred percent. And it's not just that, but it's also, you know, when the game's on the line in a tough situation, you're not trying to toe drag a guy to score a goal or get around him at the blue line. You're chipping it behind him, and you're going to get the puck, and you're making sure the puck ends up further down the ice, mm-hmm. away from your net. That's a leadership thing. It's it's hockey IQ, but it's a leadership thing, recognizing that the team is more important than your stats. And so for me, that, again, is a culture of leaders together. And that's what I look at when I'm looking at a captain. So Army was talking about the revolving doors and that he believes that the captaincy should be chosen by the management. Some teams have player votes and whatnot. Yeah, player votes but, are dumb. Um, you want my opinion on They're dumb. He talks about that revolving door, uh, and you look at a guy like Braden Shen, he's under contract for quite some time, I believe, till 2028. Uh, so wouldn't he just seem like the automatic fit for the Blues to be that captain unless Army has the idea of bringing back O'Reilly? I just don't—is that why he's not pointing directly at Braden Shen? You know, even I if, know why he's not. You want everybody to feel like they're— uh, they have a chance. Yeah. Why would you single out a guy right now? And I want Braden Shen. If if he's my pick, mm-hmm. I want him to be the clear-cut pick. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan O'Reilly wasn't announced until later on in the summertime after Alex Petrangelo uh, had, had signed to the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm not, I'm not giving it away early. And as far as the player votes, when I said I think that's dumb, mm-hmm. I think it's dumb. You know, it's one thing to be recognized by your peers, but sometimes those things turn into a popularity contest, too. Yeah. And sometimes those things create little divides in the room. That's why I never put it in the players' hands. For me, it should be the head coach, the staff, and the GM that sit there, and the trainers, for that matter. Something that gets overlooked a lot is the training staff, equipment, and medical staff. Those guys are the heartbeat of the team. And how players treat those people. Yeah, how they treat mm-hmm. them, how they respond, if they're working out, if they're diligent about their treatments, and you know whatever it is. So if I'm having a captain meeting about who I'm going to select, all of those people that I just mentioned are in the room with me. Yeah. 
Plus, if Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, if even if you do bring back Ryan O'Reilly, I still, I still think it should be Braden Shen. Man, that would be something, wouldn't it? And I don't. Th- I'm not. Th- there's no disrespect I, there. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think you, you get your captain back. It goes. It goes back to Ryan O'Reilly, in my opinion. What I if think he's Braden here a year. But what's that? What if Ryan O'Reilly? You sign him for a one year deal. So what? So what? You had him on one year deal this year, basically playing out his contract. If but I'm he, Braden, but he already Shen, had the cap captain. He already had the C at that. I point. know, but if I'm Braden Shen, I don't want it then. Okay. He's. Uh, I don't need the C on my jersey. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly was our captain. He didn't lose the C because he wasn't a good leader. Right. He got traded. So therefore, he comes back, put the C back on his jersey. I'm fine here wearing an A if you choose me to. If not, I don't need a letter on my jersey to go out and do everything that I do on a daily basis. Sure. And if Ryan O'Reilly's only here for a year and you're Braden Shen, you know it's yours following that. Simple no would have done just fine, but... Uh... You, well you, said, Jamie. You talk about the team, and I'm you sorry know, for talking, <laughs> Jamie. You were saying that you know you don't need to be a captain necessarily to have that C on your jersey to act like a captain. We look at this roster. We see the veterans in here. Is there a possibility that the Blues don't even have a captain next year? There's a few teams that do that. Yeah, I don't like that though. I don't like it. Uh, to me, it seems very minor hockey esque. Mm-hmm. Like kids, youth hockey. And we don't give out a captain because we don't want anybody to be solely recognized bigger than the group. Okay, fine. You're in the NHL. This is a pro This is pro hockey. Mm-hmm. I know some teams go without it, but they're usually young, rebuilding teams who haven't had anybody step to the forefront yet of being a leader. Or the only veteran guy they have is on a one- or a two-year deal, and you're like, I'm not handing off the, the keys of the to the organization to this guy. Right. So, in my opinion... I know Army said, you know, we'll see. Maybe, you know, maybe there won't be one. Army is definitely, in my opinion, a guy that's all about leadership. And that's why, like, Army's the top dog. That's why he says the decision comes to me. Well, if he didn't believe in leaders or captains or the guy, why would he say that? Right. He'd say it's a group decision. Well, no, it's my decision. I'm Doug Armstrong. Therefore, I feel like Army's going to be like, we need a captain of this team. You need somebody at the top of the food chain. So I'm going to float this out there. I don't think this will happen. Uh, there have only been seven goaltenders in the in, in history of the NHL yeah. to uh, be named captain. Could Jordan Bennington no. not be captain, but be an assistant? Obviously, I don't think the goalies would actually wear Not allowed to. Roberto Luongo was the last one to have it given to him in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and he put a C on his mask because he can't wear it on jersey, right. and it almost ruined his friggin' year. He took on so... He, mm-hmm. The goalies don't want that because the captain is responsible for being in front of the media every single day. Mm-hmm. The goalie, they, they have a start that they're getting ready for. They've got their own mental gymnastics that they go through for preparation and all that. I want my goalie, just go stop the puck. Mm-hmm. I don't need one more ounce of responsibility on my goalie. If he's a competitive guy and all these things that we talk about being a leader, he's going to do it instinctively anyways. It felt like Jordan Bennington was trying to take that mantle throughout the season because it seemed like the team, they didn't have that response. That's why you would see him have those quote-unquote antics because it seemed like the team would never respond no, you're right. in, but in certain situations. But can you imagine now if you put an A or a C on this guy? Oh, like, no, no. I'm not saying they should. I, I just wanted to the world float the idea shoulders. out there. I wonder if, you just know. stop the puck, man. I'm good with that. That's Jamie Rivers. It's Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The, the Cardinals right now in dead last. Is their issue managerial with the players? We'll talk, to the, we'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN. 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. lose again last night they fall to the diamondbacks six to three that's a good team they're better i guess than what we thought they were going to be they're 10 and 7 Anthony. and you're 7 and 10 yeah you are yep i think what what bt brought up earlier when we were talking about the offense and i had mentioned to him that dan mclaughlin told us eh, it just seems like something's missing right now for this team and danny mack had told us that on friday when he joined us jamie and you know I, I agree, and I threw it out to BT. Do, do you feel like something's missing right now? And in per, when it came to the offense specifically, BT had mentioned, yeah, lack of lack of clutch hits. Yeah, Lisa's lack, been saying it for six months. She absolutely has. She's been saying it. I think about one one guy specifically, wasn't? Wouldn't she? Oh, Mister October. No, I think she was saying Tyler O'Neill, right? No. Hell, maybe she was All saying about them. the. Either way, she was on the whole team. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't blame her. It's a lack of execution. It's the same deal with this pitching staff, too. At least the, the guys that are struggling. You have to separate the conversation. You have to separate October, where where we are right now. And I know that's going to be difficult. They won't even make it to October. And they, you know what, and Andrew? Won't. That's a really good point. They you. won't. So why don't we? Yeah. So why don't we just stick in the here and now then? Because that's why I read. That's what I'd rather talk about, anyways. Instead of projecting what it could be, let's just talk about where they are right now. In this division, in the NL Central, yeah, the Cardinals are the only team that has a negative run differential at what does that minus mean, Anthony? ten. Run differential: how many <laughs> runs you're giving up, how many <laughs> runs you're scoring. What's the difference? Minus ten for the Cardinals, Jamie. That's chilly. The Brewers plus thirty-two. The Cubs plus twenty-five. The Pirates plus six. And the Cincinnati Reds, who are seven and nine, right in he- right in front of you, are plus two. Everybody is in the green except for the Cardinals. And I know that, and, and I haven't seen all the text line yet. I haven't you know checked every single tweet, but I'm sure a lot of the people, a lot of Cardinals fans, are furious at Ollie Marmel because that's that's t- that's that's where we go. We go to the offense is struggling. You go to the hitting coach. If the pitching is struggling, you go to the pitching. You go to the pitching coach. Mm-hmm. If the team is struggling, you go to the manager, or you go up higher and you go to John Mozeliak, your president. Well, you kind of have to though. I mean, you kind of have to at this point because the roster was constructed by the upper management, and now I know the players aren't executing. At the end of the day, the players have to execute. But what I mean is, it's just natural to blame the coach. The manager, whoever, the offensive coordinator, the hitting coach, the pitching coach, the defensive coordinator—like it's natural to do that. So I, I, you don't like it? I don't know. Go to the Mets, I guess. <laughs> why the Mets? Like that's what Jeff Albert did. He didn't like. It. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That makes sense. It's like why did you pick up the Mets? Yeah, it's just random, Anthony. Yeah. No, it is. It's human nature. It's it's part of being a fan. I'm gonna bl- I'm gonna blame the manager. Anthony, you brought up something's missing. I just think, you know, being down 
for pretty much every single game, obviously there's been a few games where the Cardinals have taken the lead, and I believe they've won those games. But when you start a game off already down a few runs, mm-hmm. like that's got to take a toll over you know over the course of you know a few weeks. You're like, man, we're already losing. We haven't even batted yet. Like yeah. the offense is struggling. I I do feel like they're they're pushing, they're pressing too much. I feel like that's what it comes down to. Well, what are you going to do in October then, if you do make it? You know, I I, I get it because that was going to lose. That's what you're going to do. That was something. That was something that was brought up. I think last week, right? Somebody had mentioned. Well, you know, I'm blaming the pitching staff because you, you're you're starting a lot of games in a hole. All right. Well, let's just go. Let's just go to last night's game then. All right. They started in the hole. They did. They were down one nothing. Yeah. And they, they did a great job at scrapping together a great inning and getting that run back. And then I blinked, and then it was gone. You didn't get the run back until the bottom of the six. No, I know. I'm not going to blame just one one entity. Entity. If it's the you know, I'm not going to blame just the pitching staff. I'm not going to blame just the offense. I'm not going to blame just Ali Marmol or the coaching staff. Here's one example. You get okay. So Jack Flaherty puts in a in a one o one o o hole. You don't score a run in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. It takes you until the bottom of the six before you scratch across a run. Now, I get it. Your pitching staff is, is putting you in much deeper holes than just a, a 1-0 deficit. But you're not executing. You ha- you've had opportunities. There's also been times like the Pittsburgh, the first Pittsburgh game, where you th- their defense took away three or four runs from you. Bay took Bay took away multiple runs from Tyler O'Neill specifically in that game. It has it hasn't been just one thing. But if you were to just say summarize this right now, why are the Cardinals seven and ten? I'd love to hear what you guys think. But for me, it's lack of execution. You're not you're not driving runners in when you have opportunities to. You're not executing pitches. It's not just one thing. You it can't be when you're seven and ten, and you're a, you should be a better team than this. For me, it's um, <clears throat> the umbrella of uh, the clutch hitting. Because if you look at the Cardinals, they're, they're, they're getting on base. Uh, in fact, they're getting on base at a pretty good clip. They're not getting anybody home. And so I I don't know how you fix that. And we talked to BT and you know some of the batters get in there and they don't get the pitches they want. The pitchers bear down a little bit more. They give you a little more junk on the outside of the plate. You can't really you know, get a hold of it, but... I mean, this is what this is what you're supposed to be doing. Right. You have to, if nothing else, you got to get the ball in play, not double play either, because the Cardinals do an awful lot of that. Yeah, you got to close. Do something. You have to close. I I think their their approach hasn't been what it needs to be. You look at Wilson Contreras early on in the season. We talked about him pressing and him just swinging at pitches outside the strike zone, and you saw a change. You saw him work the at bat like multiple times throughout that mm-hmm. game. I thought he took great at bat. He had some great at bats last night, and it ended up capitalizing because he put himself in a count to where the pitcher had to throw him something in the strike zone, and he took advantage of it. And we we have players like Tyler O'Neill swinging at a three zero count. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he should have the green light. Like Dylan no. Carlson three one count. I don't think he should have a green light. He swung at a ball. 3-1 like, or 3-0? Oh. 
either way, it doesn't matter. I can't remember the specific situation. Three, but, but no, like, just this a, is from three, the other night. Three zero, I agree with you. Three zero. I mean, you're not good enough right now. But like a three one pitch high in the zone. Well, that's and that, off it. I, I think to your point, that's 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 pitch pitch recognition. Yeah, it, it all goes hand in hand, and I just feel like you know they're not they're not having great at bats when they. Oh, need they're terrible. To. And we talk. No, that's, they one, are. that's one way to put it. Oh, they're terrible. I'm getting frustrated listening to all of us talk about this. I, I'm just hitting a boiling point. Like, we talk about, oh, the approach, the approach. Who the hell's telling these guys right now? Like, why, if we're talking about an approach or the approach is wrong, like, why are they not identifying it? And, why, and I'll never figure out this. And I don't, you know, I, I never played Major League Baseball. I got you. you. You got me. If you don't like what I'm saying right now, you got me. I never did. Never played in the big leagues. But what what is is changing? Like, why are they not just going up there and swinging at what they normally do? Why does the clutch hitting have to change so much? What is the approach that they've got? Like, just go up there. Like Mark McGuire has said this before. You just go up there and you swing the bat. You hit the ball. Don't worry about the what the pitcher's going to throw you. You find your pitch and you put a swing on it. I don't get it. I don't understand. We we talk every day about, well, the approach and, well, you know, our approach, our approach. What the hell is your approach then in that situation? Like, I'd like to ask Ollie, what is your exact approach with runners in scoring position and you're rolling up there more than one guy to the plate and you're not cashing in? What is the approach? What is your strategy there? Because whatever it is, change it or find players who can execute it. I don't care what your lineup says or what the back of the baseball card says or what it says so far this season. Find a guy who can get get a guy across the plate because that's what's killing you right now. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Andrew Marsh with the yeah, fast I'm mad. I want to win ESPN. Yes. 645 is the game tonight. Diamondbacks straight Jamison will go to the mound. It will oppose Jordan Montgomery. It's fast lane. We'll, uh, we'll get to what's trending next. I want to win ESPN. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, let's just take a break from the cards. 
talk some playoff hockey. Last night, we had a few overtime games. In one of those games, Joe Pavelski had to exit the ice. He was hit by Matt Dumba. Some people on the internet are saying it was a late hit. Some are saying it was a clean hit. What do you guys think? Anthony, your thoughts first, since, you know, you're the clear it guy. Uh, I would say that was pretty clean last night. I don't think. What? I think. Go ahead. I thought it was a clean hit. Okay. This is hockey. Yeah. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're not not playing pickleball out there. Yeah. Even though we would dominate pickleball. I'm playing soccer. Mm -hmm. Mm. You're not playing golf. Mm -mm. No. Baseball. Basketball. Mm Mm-mm. Playing hockey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's playoff clean. hockey, too. Clean it. All right. So um, if we go back, let's see here, about 15 years ago, that hit is 100% clean. Last night, it was a tad bit late. That's what? the only thing that if you're going to nitpick the hit, it was that it was a pause, two, three hit from the moment. Good hit, too late, though. That's just exactly a, what you want to see from your defenseman, but too little late. too late. And the, the he didn't it, leave his skates. Oh, he hammered him. It was so a great hit. Pavelski Shoulder. hit his head wasn't, on the ice. Wasn't helmet yeah. to helmet? Oh. Ooh, helmet to helmet, man. That that would hurt in hockey. Helmet to helmet is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you gotta make sure you don't have eye contact at that mm-hmm. point. You don't That's want to be touching sure. helmets like uh, no. they do in college baseball. You That's know? true. After no. they hit home runs. He didn't he didn't get a running start. No, it was a great hit. I love the hit. Shoulder to shoulder, little, you know, a little hip check at the same time. It was a great hit, just a tad too late by this, by by the NHL standards nowadays. But no supplemental discipline coming for Matt Dumba, and he doesn't care anyways, right, Marshy? Yeah, he said, uh, so be it. Yeah. About him being the villain of the Dallas-Minnesota round one series. Every series needs a villain. Yeah, this is the greatest case mm-hmm. scenario ever. Quite honestly, I I love this situation for Matt Dumba because he's made himself relevant mm-hmm. in this series, and he's made himself so relevant that mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars might do stupid things trying to get back at him. And I have always said I live by that. I'm like, if they spend the whole game trying to kill me, Perfect. that mean that means they're not trying to score goals all the time. And I'll take that. I'll, I'll put the ice packs on. I'll be fine. We'll be okay out here. So great for Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he can bounce back this round one this year because he was pretty irrelevant last year against the Blues. A couple tough plays uh, on the defensive end. But the, the Wild, they end up getting a huge win on the road. I don't think they really deserve that win. I thought what? Dallas outplayed them, especially in the final two frames and those two overtimes. Uh, but Ryan Hartman, that pesky player, he ended up getting the game winner right in front. Uh, probably the luckiest goal. Lucky bounce, but that's that's hockey for Create you. Create your own luck, Marsh. Um, Minnesota literally ran out of gas. Yes. They were in double overtime, and the Minnesota Wild could barely roll out anybody mm. onto the ice. They were like, ah, if this goes another period, we might just have to like tap out. But it didn't matter if they got the win. That's playoff hockey. I just love it. Just mm-hmm. love it. Jamie, you sent me something earlier today. We know that Major League Baseball implemented some new rules this year. What do you guys think of this one? MLB is testing a designated pinch runner in the Atlantic League this season that can be subbed in and out of the game at any time. Anthony, your thoughts? Say that again. 
So minor ma- league what? So Major League Baseball, they're testing a designated pinch runner. So this pinch runner would be able to be subbed in and out of the game at any time and pinch run for whatever player. But that player can stay in the game. Does he have to, though, would be my question. What do you, I'm, I'm talking. Let's just say Paul Goldschmidt gets a base hit. Yeah. Pinch runner comes in. He can be subbed in and out of the game at any point. Okay, but if he but if he comes in, does Paul Goldschmidt just go right back out to first base the next inning? Like nothing happened. I believe so. I, I okay. believe that is kind of like softball. How, that's how yeah. I'm taking it. Sure. It would create it would create some excitement because what you're doing is replacing one, and and in this case it wouldn't be Goldschmidt because Goldschmidt actually yeah, is he's a, a an excellent base runner. But it, you'd be replacing, you know, let's just say Contreras, Wilson Contreras, and putting more speed on the the base pass. It would also, it would also be interesting from a roster construction standpoint, but you don't because you'd almost have to think, all right, we need somebody that can be a threat on the base pass. I kind of like it initially when you said that. I'm like, this isn't softball, but there might be more benefits than drawbacks. Like I if we could, if we could just get past the change, which I think is the big thing, right? Like, oh, they're going to change something. The hell with that. You're gonna, you're not going to change my game. Get out of here. I actually think it's kind of interesting. I think it's interesting. A couple things I find, two different paths here for me. The players' union would probably vote it in. That's another job for a guy in the at the major league level that if he's fast. Who was our guy last year in center field? Deluzio? Oh, Ben yeah, Deluzio. Ben, ben Deluzio, fast mm-hmm. as lightning. Wasn't all that great in the outfield, but still, he was fast. A guy like that can play in the majors just because he can burn around the bases. So... I think the players union would be like, oh, okay, fine. One thing I I, I I think I get sidetracked on is then like are you are you taking the not the purity, but like when you construct a roster, are you, are you taking like, like Tyler O'Neill's in the ninety-nine percentile or ninety-five percentile right. of fast guys, right? But he plays. Are you taking some of that away from players that are really skilled? Like if you're a five-tool player, now are you are you taking it away from their accomplishments? Now that you got a guy who can just burn, you get like some track and field guy mm-hmm. who can rip around the bases. He doesn't even have to play baseball for that matter. Yeah. And now you're like, I feel like you're kind of not making a mockery of it. Yeah. But at the I, same I time, agree. you know, if a guy can't mm-hmm. hit a baseball in the majors or if he's not a, an adequate outfielder but he can just really run I don't know what are we doing here but you're also I mean stolen bases are part of the game I know they are but I feel like what's, you're disrespecting real baseball players I agree I what's, don't like it what's the difference with just having a guy that's got pop on the bench well, because hitting a baseball is way different it's what, one of the hardest things in the world to do what if you just have a guy that is utility you know how many times you have just a utility backup infielder yeah but can't hit but i think all you can do is fields i think that's fine if you want a guy that can just strictly run the bases you have to run the risk of taking another player out to put that guy in not that that you can just put him in because he can run bases at any point in the game but you already have that that's a pinch runner right but but you run the risk if you want to let's say wilson Contreras gets on base you're you're down a run right you need to tie the game you put in a pinch runner. He's running around the bases. They score, right? We tie the game. 
you run the risk now you have to take wilson Contreras out of the game and now you have andrew kisner in the game that's you ran that risk to tie the game and mm-hmm. now you're stuck with kisner the rest of the game i feel like that's how it should be Okay. Not you take Contreras out because he's slow or slow. But you're not than taking him control. out. This guy, this is just where you're well, like. That's what I'm saying. You I, can I use don't, him I, anytime you want. I don't like this rule. Yeah. I don't what know. if the Cardinals signed the fastest man on earth? The fastest. <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be cool. So what? Can he play baseball? Well, in, can, under this rule, let's he's just fast. Say, is he a good base runner? Let's just say. He taught how to do that. Let's just say that the Major League Baseball implements this rule. Yeah. And your Cardinals signed the fastest man on earth. Mm-hmm. Now it'd have to be, it'd have to be a bargain. Yeah. You know, it'd have to be a bargain deal. Well, I was gonna say I'd rather them sign some pitching than the fastest man yeah, on I earth. Worry about but, that. You know, have to be, have to be a team friendly deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, they signed the fastest man on earth. Now, how do you feel about the rule? I still don't like it. I, I mean, this, this. As soon as this guy gets on base, it's I mean, basically, Tyler, it's just basically a double. Tyler O'Neill. Well, he's not hitting, though. Exactly. Wilson Contreras gets a base hit. Fastest man on earth for your Cardinals. He goes He goes to first base. Basically, it's Every time Wilson Contreras gets a single, it's basically a double. Why are you guys double. isolating Here's him. my thing. Here's uh-huh. my thing. He's not that slow. I have okay, a question. Well, who, do, who do you want to isolate? Burleson. Burleson. There you go. Burleson. Burleson, Burleson gets, gets on first. Yeah. And every time he gets a single, yeah. you have a thorough Fastest man on earth. Yes, we have we have the guy that's running around the track or the the warning track yes. at the Braves game. Yeah. What's his name? Mr. Mr. Freeze. Freeze. Yeah, the Freeze guy. How do you feel about it now? <laughs> I think it's stupid. Okay, well, that'll do it. Andrew Marsh, not a true Cardinals fan. It's the fast lane. I want to want ESPN. Jamie and I tried. Yeah, we tried sure. to improve the team. Jamie didn't like it either. Oh, he's with about. me. He's with me on this. Don't no, uh, no, not Anthony. You actually never really had a stance on this. Don't Anthony. get confused. I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. I kind of like it. No, I kind don't. of like it, kind of. and when they implement it, Boy, you guys, passion. you guys will can, you guys will complain, and I'll say, you know what, you guys are going to wind up liking this when it's all said and done. Uh, real quick, um, Jamie, you sent me a text today, and I wanted to bring this up. We've we all thought this Careful. was super cool. Um, oh wait, hang on, let me Not pull up the text. actual text. Yeah, oh, okay. this text right here, uh, and this was uh, a few months ago that they actually did this, but uh, we wanted to bring it up. The Dodgers re-signing Andrew Tolls. Uh, for the, I believe it's the fifth year uh, in that deal that he signed last month. It gives him access to the team's health insurance and mental health services, uh, which includes treatment for his conditions. Yeah, uh, you, you thought that was a really cool thing, so we definitely wanted to bring it up. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, talk about first class right there. Now his contract that he signs is for zero dollars, so they're not paying him for any baseball services or any services for that ma- for that matter. But. When you are signed to a pro contract, you get the the benefits of that, which means you get all of your health care and, you know, whether it's medical or psychological or anything like that, you get the assistance uh, necessary to help you through it. So a very classy move by the Dodgers to do that. I agree. We got a text from Thanks Dad, always providing good content. Going back to the pinch runner thing. Uh, how many sweatbands does the runner get so Anthony likes him even more? He'd go full sleeve if he wants. Does he go oven mitt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's probably not used to sliding. Well, no, he's too fast. So. He doesn't need a slide. That's true. Mm. Yeah. All right. No. And he steals second standing up. <laughs>
He's on his way to third because he doesn't know what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my luck. He ran straight into the outfield. This man's running. He's running from second to first. Oh, guys, I was wrong. Again. How can the XFL survive beyond next season? They're committed to next season, but how can the XFL survive long term? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, we certainly hope that our Battlehawks can win this Saturday against the Guardians while also watching the Vipers, the hated Vipers, beat the Sea Dragons, Jamie. But when it comes to just the overall viability, uh, sustainability of the XFL, how can the XFL survive beyond next season? They're committed to next year, and we'll see what that looks like, but... How can this league survive long-term? And Jamie, you had mentioned this before, and I'm in complete agreement with you on this. Somehow, someway, the XFL and the NFL need to partner up. College football will always be the lifeblood of any NFL foundation. Like That's that's not going to change. But where the XFL can come in, in my opinion, and I think you're with me on this too, Jamie, can you be a spring league with NFL players? Can you be a spring league and a minor league system, essentially, for the NFL teams? And I'll give you a real-life example, okay? Let's say in Green Bay, the Packers have an XFL team. Aaron Rodgers starts the last couple of years, even though you drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you work it out from like logistics standpoint, but maybe it's a situation where if Jordan Love doesn't play X amount of snaps, he's eligible to play in the XFL for the Packers XFL team. Yeah. And then he starts an, an eight-game XFL season, because you don't, you don't want to go many more than that. It's a spring football league. But Jordan Love starts for the the minor league Packers team. You do a couple of things in this. One, you try to develop a quarterback, especially, that does not have his opportunity because he's playing behind Aaron Rodgers. And now the Packers are about to go to Jordan Love, not knowing really whether or not he can play. The other thing is, if you're a Packers fan, and this is key when it comes to the XFL, if you're a Packers fan, are you are you more likely to watch the, and we'll just use St. Louis as the example, the St. Louis Battlehawks, knowing that Jordan Love is going to start for the Battlehawks, and he's going to be your your minor league quarterback, your spring football league quarterback. I think they would. I think you draw more, more, more eyeballs. Now you need more teams, obviously. You got to have a minor league team for for each team. Yeah, but if it's supported by the NFL, that's not a problem. I wouldn't think so either. No. Here's the best part too: the players that are currently busting their ass in the XFL, trying to get back, you know, either trying to get to the league or trying to get back to the league, they'd still have their opportunity because, of course, you can't fill 
an entire minor league team with with NFL players that are also going to play in the fall. You know, like Aaron Rodgers obviously wouldn't be playing in the XFL. Your starters wouldn't be playing in the no. XFL. You'd have to have certain, you know, certain, uh, you know, like logistical mile markers and stuff in order to say, okay, you can play. And you're going to need you're going to need to fill an entire league. But I think that's the that really, if it's possible, Jamie, that is how the league survives, in my opinion. Yeah. So I agree with you. I've, I've said this before that I think your top three draft picks every year should have the ability to go play in your minor league team. Whether it's a quarterback, an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, uh, if they're not going to get substantial playing time in the NFL, then they play in the XFL. That's your minor league team mm-hmm. for them. And then you fill out your minor league team with with guys that, uh, you know, it, the best players you can find to be called up if need be to the big roster. If there's an injury or if there's something or somebody uh, is poor performance, whatever. And the young guys, it's just it's just like you do with the with the, the NHL and Major League Baseball. They have an entry-level contract. Mm-hmm. It's like a two-way contract. You make a certain amount of money playing in the XFL. You get your signing bonus. It's always a big thing. So that'll be like your big your big money for your first rounder or whatnot. It makes all the sense in the world to pair them up this way. And that way there you have a lot of eyeballs on the XFL because it's that tweener league from college to the NFL. You have a tweener league now where you're getting some ex-NFL players or some veteran guys who can't find jobs or other really good college players. You get this mix of like it's a higher level than what you just played. Mm-hmm. And it helps you get developed for the NFL. I, I don't see anything negative about it. The only thing you get pushed back from for certain draft picks or young players would be injury. Yes. Like if my guy's going to get injured, it's going to be in the NFL, not the XFL. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd whittle your way around that. But at the end of the day, the same thing could happen in hockey. You get a first-round right. pick, you go down, he plays in Springfield, and, he, you know, look at Scott Perunovich. Scott Perunovich got hurt first in, in the American Hockey League. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. It's a, it's this a, is why your first three rounders would have a good signing bonus. And, you know, they get that. Sure. So I, I like the idea. I think that uh, in a lot of situations it would help the teams as well as the players as well. Yeah. And how many and how many guys, too, do you, Marsh, do you, do you see signed off, you know, undrafted free agents? And right away teams are calling. They, they start calling guys the sixth round, seventh round. Hey, if if you're not drafted, love to sign you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're signing a bunch of undrafted free agents, college free agents that yeah. are looking for jobs, looking for opportunities. Then you get to camp, these guys get released, and then it's like, okay, they're trying to latch onto a team. Maybe it's like Andrew Marsh, uh, the you know St. Louis BattleHawks. Hey, we signed you out of you know North North Dakota University. You did not make our team. We would love for you, if if you don't hear from another team, you're going to be on an NFL roster. If not, we'd love for you to play for our St. Louis Battlehawk team. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Talk to your agent, unless you're Lamar. Talk to yourself in that case. And we love you. You, you kind of set this up where you almost offer a little bit more security for a, for a player too. But how does that translate to getting eyeballs on your product? That's easy because now you have all the up and coming studs, the young stars of the future. And so, like, yeah. if you if you had a uh, Bryce Young, let's just say, mm-hmm. like, I know he'll play, you know, 
probably play in the NFL right away. But right. if you have a, a young star like that, Jordan Love from Jordan the last Love, couple of years, yeah. perfect example. Someone who gets stuck behind, you know, a, a Hall of Fame type quarterback. You're not going to go check that out. I am, but a wide receiver that you heard has got speed to burn. You got a running back or. Yeah, like I, I'm checking that out, man. I mean, some of those guys though, they're not even playing in their bowl games though. They don't want to get injured. Jordan Love, why would yeah, but, he but risk playing? Because the money in the would XFL. still be there. The, you, when you sign your entry level contract, yeah. the same as the NH, as the NHL. When I signed my first contract, I had a signing bonus. That's where you make your money. So you get a big old fat signing bonus, and then I knew I was going to make sixty two five is what the salary was at the time in the minors. That was I knew that, but if I got called up to the NHL, I made mm. a different number. But I I was guaranteed my signing bonus, so it, that you're still getting paid. So if you're Jordan Love, would you risk playing in the XFL to get more reps to play? If it means, let's say he gets injured, right? Backup QBs in the NFL can make a decent living. We've seen that. Yeah. But understand, understand what I'm saying, too. It's not, I'm not talking about Jordan Love now, of course. You wouldn't be playing right. in spring because you're about to be the starter. For sure. But over the last couple of years. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, rookie years. And, and hey, if it was just a known thing, like, you don't, it's not the player's option. It's the mm-hmm. team has control. You're going down to play in the XFL. You're going to play five or six games as a starter, mm-hmm. and we'll call you back up or whatever. Like, think about it in hockey terms or baseball terms mm-hmm. where you can send a guy down and then call him up. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't run it. At the same time as the NFL, I would still have it as a spring league. Oh, you would? Absolutely. Oh, your idea sucks. Absolutely. So, so here's a here's another question. <laughs> Not we, that my idea sucks, but I would absolutely run it still as a spring a spring league. We okay, had, fine, we had uh, someone text in saying that <laughs> the games need to be on different days. So I think I think it was Monday and Friday. Would you? consider having these games not be on the weekends because I feel like in the springtime people are out and about they're doing their thing we have at least in St. Louis you know there's a lot of game other you know St. Louis might not be a good example to use because yeah, we, we gotta, are a big yeah, sports fan but you look at a we different move city beyond St. Louis when we're talking about the XFL so let's look past St. Louis let's look at a different city there's just there's other things to do besides watch sure. the XFL on the weekend now if you put this league during the week you know, what am I doing? I want to go home. Maybe I'm in San Antonio. I don't have anything going on during the week. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Spurs aren't in the playoffs right now. Well, let me watch the Brahmas play. You know, granted their team's not that good, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Maybe it's a uh, let's change it up. Uh, I like what the texture was saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do like that. It doesn't have to be on the weekends. I would find a weekday um, that you know you can kind of capitalize. Like a Tuesday night, like a Tuesday or something. Wednesday. Like there's always yeah a Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Yes, where yeah you're still going to lose out on some NHL and some NBA and some Major League Baseball, but you know maybe maybe you can capitalize a little bit. Like uh, here's a perfect example. Maybe a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Thursday night is right before the weekend, but you know you still got that Friday. You still got Friday for work. Baseball typically plays during the day. You get night games Thursday night as well. But not as many, so you're not running up against baseball a lot, and you know there's always going to be hockey and NBA games. But I don't know. I think it's I think it's an interesting idea. Here's a, a text from the three one four. Kids can't go during the week. Keep it on a Friday night. The only thing I'll push back is that can kids not go to a Cardinals or a Blues game? You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, I feel like kids can still go during the weekday. Sure. Just don't have the game at. 
Yeah, you give them some 9:30, money. 9.30, like listen, some of these NBA games are. Listen, you give them some money, you uh, tell them to hop, and you call them an Uber, and uh, you go, hey, kid, go have fun. You know? And they look at you like, Dad, I'm six. You'll be fine. You'll be fine, kid. It's the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. What? Jamie, you got, a, thing. You got something to say? That's what my right. parents did to me. Look mm-hmm. how I turned out. Give them a little tortilla. Say, here you go. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Came downstairs today and... My son Killian was. Oh uh, God! I, I, I sent the text. I went upstairs to get Lincoln out of his crib and get him dressed. I said, "Killian, get, you know, get changed." Okay. I come downstairs. Um, he's sitting there in his underwear on the top of the couch, not the not the couch cushion, but the top of the couch in his underwear. He's got his shirt up over his head, but just you know, kind of like wrapped wrapped up on his head. And beside him, I see a half-eaten plain tortilla that he got from the pantry. I said, buddy, what's with the tortilla? He goes, I was hungry. He's like, okay. But not that hungry. But not that hungry. Just half the tortilla. By the way, one last thing on this XFL thing and a great counterpoint to having the games during the week. How do we tailgate and get wasted? All right, Friday night. We got a few of those text messages. Friday night it is. So Friday night it is. All right, the gauntlet is next. I want to win ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? Time for the gauntlet in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We have Jacob on the line. He's our latest contestant. What's up, Jacob? Hey, guys. How's it going? We're doing great, my friend. First time in the gauntlet? Yes, sir. All right. So you have your options here. You got Jamie Rivers, you got Andrew Marsh, or you have me. Who would you like to take on for the first round of the gauntlet? I got to go with Marshy today. All right. Marshy. Marshy. Wow. Man, I've been in the gauntlet a lot lately. People are picking you left and right, my man. Yeah. Uh, well, Jacob is a nice guy, so of course, you know. Of course, you're just going to ruin his life. Uh, well, we'll <laughs> see. Say, just say it, Marshy. I didn't yeah. say it. You did. You All said right. it. Jacob, tell uh, Marsh to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, Marshy. Just not hockey. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh, you shouldn't have said that. You didn't, you didn't choose me. Uh, you didn't choose me, Jacob, so you should be okay. If there was a category that you do want, what is it? Oh, gosh. Just, honestly, just not hockey. That's okay. all I'm worried about. It's not hockey. I can tell okay. you that. What do we got? Hockey. We have baseball. Okay. All right. So we're going right, to get the launch codes right now. Yeah. So it's going to be baseball. I think we've had baseball a couple of times now. Yeah. Mike Ryder just brought in the brand new fresh launch codes here. There you right, go. There we go. All right. Just a reminder for Jacob and Marsh. 
Four questions baseball-related because the wheel spun baseball. Each question is worth two points unless Jacob or Marsh need the options. If they do need the options, those questions are worth one point. Jacob, you ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, can you give us uh, one more? Are you ready? You good? Yes, I'm ready. Let's okay. do it. You cut out for a second. You're back now. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Question one. Which team did the Cardinals win their first World Series against? Which team did the Cardinals win their first World Series against? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to need the options on that one. Detroit Tigers, Boston Braves, New York Yankees. Uh, let's go with the Yankees. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Question number two. Which Phillies player recently tied the Phillies record with a 16-game hit streak to start the season? God. Uh, yeah, options again, please. All right. Was it Trey Turner, JT Realmuto, or Bryson Stott? The Stott, Nate. I'm going to go with Stott. Final answer. All right. Question number three, Jacob. What is the name of the first-year manager of the Chicago White Sox? Oh, yeah, options once again. Dave Martinez, A.J. Hinch, or Pedro Griefel? Griefel. Uh, Pedro uh, Griefel, uh, final answer. All right, last question, question four. Zach Nito became the first prospect selected in the 2022 MLB draft to be called up to the majors this season. Which team called him up and started him at shortstop? Um, I'm going to go with the Angels. I think I saw that today. Angels, final answer. All right. Get All right, Marsh Jacob. Back in here. Yeah, we'll get Marsh back in. Jacob, how are you feeling? I'm okay. Uh, I wish I didn't have to take the options on a few of them, but uh, we'll see what happens. All right, sounds good. Marsh uh, has been, been tough. Especially if you're a nice yeah. guy. You're a nice he person. hasn't lost since April 3rd, I think. So, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Taking stats? Uh, yeah, I know. Got to document it. Okay. Somebody's got to knock him off. Wow. wow. All right. Here we go. Marsh serious. is back. I like it. Very serious. All right. Tell, tell Marsh what, uh, what's ahead of him here. Marshy, you should absolutely uh, pack a lunch here today. Oh, boy. All right, yeah. Marsh. Your category is baseball. Oh, baseball is your category. You ready? I'm ready. Question number one. Which team did the Cardinals win their first World Series to World Series against? Which team did the Cardinals win their first World Series against? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh. I think either Yankees or Red Sox. Let's use the options. Detroit Tigers, Boston mm. Braves, New York Yankees. Hmm. You know, I I believe they played did they play the Tigers in 67? I don't think I don't think it was that. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Final answer. Boston Braves though. That one just screams that's the real answer, but I'm going to go with the Yankees. All right. Final answer, right? Yeah. Okay. Question two. Which Phillies player recently tied the Phillies record with a 16-game hit streak to start the season? Oh, wow. Um, 
Why do I believe it's either Bryson Stott or Alec Bohm? Let's use the options. Is it Trey Turner? JT Realmuto? Or Bryson Stott? Bryson Stott, final answer. Question number three. What is the name of the new first-year manager of the Chicago White Sox? Oh, goodness. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I think if I hear the options, I might get it. Would you like those options? Yes, I would. Dave Martinez, A.J. Hinch, or Pedro Griffel? The Pedro. Final Pedro answer. Pedro Griffel. All right, Marshy. Final question. Question number four. Zach Nito became the first prospect selected in the 2022 MLB draft to be called up to the majors this season. Which team called him up and started him at shortstop? Oh. What's his name? Zach Nito. Oh. Zach Nito. Let's use the options. Was it Cincinnati Reds, the LA Angels, or the Washington Nationals? I don't think it's the Nationals. Isn't C.J. Abraham or Abram their shortstop? Um, Angels. Man, I don't know if they'd have two rookies with Logan Ohoppy. I think he's a. Is that how you say his name? He's a catcher. He's also a rookie, I believe. Who's the other team? We have the Reds, the Angels, or the Nationals. Let's go with the Reds. Final answer. All right, let's go over these. Jacob chose Marsh today in the wheel spun baseball. Here we go. Question number one. Which team did the Cardinals win their first World Series against? Jacob, you said the Yankees. Marsh, you said the Yankees. Correct answer is... It was the Yankees. Mm. Both of you needed the options. We have a 1-1 one, one tie. All right. Which Phillies player recently tied the Phillies record with a 16-game hit streak to start the season? Jacob, you went with Bryson Stott. Marsh, you went with Bryson Stott. Correct answer is? Oh, you both did great. It's Bryson Stott. But. Yeah, both of you guys need oh, the options on that. 2-2 tie. Jacob. 2-2 wow. tie. What is the name of the new first-year manager of the Chicago White Sox? Jacob, you went with Pe Pedro Griffel. Marsh, you went with Pedro Griffel. Correct answer is? Oh, it was Griff. Pedro Griffel. But this time. Both of you needed the oh, options. Pedro Griffel. 3-3 three, three, uh, three, three tie. 3-3 three, three tie. Marsh and Jacob. You can see where this is going. Zach Nito became the first prospect selected in the 2022 Major League Draft to be called up to the majors this season. Which team called him up and started him at shortstop? Shortstop. Shortstop. Marsh? You went with the Cincinnati Reds. Jacob, of course, you went with the Los Angeles Angels. Whoa. Correct answer is? In the arms of an angel. Jacob. You have chosen wisely. 
Wow, that was good. Jacob also did not need the options on that one, so he beats March today 5-3. to Jacob, you got everyone right. You're disappointed that you had to take the options on most of those, but nonetheless, you walk out of here with a very impressive victory over Marsh. You'll be back tomorrow to take on either Jamie Rivers or myself right here in the Fast Lane. Congratulations. Sounds great. Hey, can I give a quick shout-out to my students real quick? Of course you can. Absolutely. You're teaching young minds out there? Go go, go do your math homework. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, wow. wow. That's not really a shout-out. That's like a shot across the bow, really. Someone's got to remind them. They'll probably forget. I'm just trying to help them out. Jacob, what uh, what grade? Uh, I teach uh, sixth-grade math. Sixth grade math. Okay. Yeah, oh, Anthony. I start. I, I, Those are my three palms, of your toughest years. My palms start to get sweaty. That's Spanish. So I took Spanish three times. You know, some kids, and I just you know realized this the older I got, but some kids don't know that homework is actually the teacher giving you the answers to the test. Wow. Yeah, they, they do seem to forget that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I just learned that at forty-one. Wow. Like today. <laughs> All right, Jake, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right, have a good one, guys. You too, thank you. Nice job to Jacob today. Man, he was good. He was very good. He was on his game. Yeah, he was. We might have, uh, we haven't given out a, a gauntlet. Trophy? It's a little premature. Don't they? They beat me, Marshy. Wow. Now they're just going to run the table. got every single question right. I'm King Kong. You know? No kidding. Wow. You know, just because. What the hell? The way you worded that was like, oh. That's just insulting. I'm saying it was a good start. Jacob is off to a great start. He touched his kids in his in his day to day life, so you know he's he's really good with that. And uh, yeah, he's smart, of course. Of course, he's smart. He's a teacher. Yeah, Anthony, well said. Thank you. What do we learn about the uh, Jalen Hurts deal? That's next on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. <laughs> Really good response for our guy Jacob, who did have an outstanding performance in the gauntlet. I was, of course, talking about how he's uh, just touching kids' lives every single day. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah, those teachers don't get enough credit no, for all they that they do. They never, they never do. Exactly. So thank you, Jacob, for all that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little rough on Marsh today, but, you know. That was the break sometimes. We'll talk to Jacob tomorrow on the gauntlet. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jalen Hurts yesterday got himself a massive contract, Jamie. So what do we learn about the deal? I think we we learned, uh, maybe not us, maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe he learned that Deshaun Watson is the only one, the only one, yeah, that got a deal that was fully guaranteed. <clears throat> Kyler Murray did not. That was a great recently. move by Cleveland. Oof, yeah. No, it wasn't. Kyler Murray did not get that deal. Jalen Hurts did not get that deal. There was another contract that was signed recently. Oh, Daniel Jones did not get that deal. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott within the last two years, yes. So, out of all the out of all the quarterback deals that were signed recently, nobody got the deal that Deshaun Watson got. Cleveland handed it out. It is the exception. Teams are viewing it as the exception and a dumb exception. Maybe Lamar says, okay, I see what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. I see how much is guaranteed. I see the incentives. Jalen Hurts, by the way, did not win an MVP, but maybe if he doesn't get hurt, he wins the MVP last year. Gets the Eagles to a Super Bowl. This is a pretty good comp. 
So maybe Lamar goes, all right, all right, Baltimore, let's talk. That's the deal I'm good with. Or go out and talk to other teams. Say, hey, uh, I, I don't need the non – just get me in the ballpark of what Jalen Hurts just got or maybe a little bit more and we're good. Yeah, so well, Jalen Hurts with the third highest guarantee in money. Is that what I, I understand to be true? I believe so. So yeah, I don't understand how uh, – one, I don't know what the Ravens have offered Lamar. Like at this point, at some point, I almost feel like the Ravens need to go public. To be like, look, we've offered this guy 170 million guaranteed. Right. Jalen Hurts got what 193. He signed for he signed for 255 million overall. Yes. The deal, yeah, the guaranteed portion of it, Jamie. Let's see here. Uh, Deal includes 179 million in guarantees. 179. Yep. So if that's the case, and in your Baltimore, let's say you offered 120 guaranteed. You put it publicly. We've offered him 120. He, you know, he's countered with full guarantee. We're not going there. Mm-hmm. So, the ball's in your court, Lamar. And why wouldn't Lamar just say, "Fine"? You know, I'd like a higher dollar value total on the contract. So, maybe it's 275. Yeah. Well, why don't you offer him 180 in guaranteed? That's go what from I'm there. saying. Yeah. Well, and, you said 120, so I was a little confused by it. No, no. I, I said if they have. Gotcha. Just if you pay attention, okay? Um, Thought I was. It's a great skill. That's probably why you had to do Spanish three times. Yeah. But. I didn't study. I'm saying give him a higher dollar amount that he gets to. So if he plays every single snap of every single year, he'll make more money than Jalen Hurts and give him a guarantee that's the same. Mm-hmm. Or just slightly above it. A couple million above it. Say, okay, here's your guarantee. Now, what's wrong? What's your problem now? <laughs> like, honestly, what's yeah. your problem? I just like that you said that. That's how. That's honestly how I would say it. If I was the Ravens' management, Pick Lamar, what is your problem? Like, yeah. do you not want to be here? Like, what is it that you're wanting? Well, I want Deshaun's contract. You're not going to get it. In fact, nobody's going to get it. Mm-hmm. So, now what? If you're going to play football next year and you don't agree to some kind of a contract, you're on the franchise tag. Yeah. So you can play on that. And then you're going to be at risk again, and you'll fake hurt again for three, four weeks. And I know. Here we go again right. with all this. And then nobody wins. Nobody wins. You don't get the long-term deal that you're seeking. We we don't get the quarterback that that we drafted and developed. And we, you know, look, the Ravens have benefited from Lamar Jackson. There's, there's no question about it. You know, period, end of story here. They went up and got him at the end of the first round a couple of years He's ago. He's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. Won an MVP, saved their bacon in his in his rookie year. John Harbaugh might not be there. John Harbaugh's a really good coach. Don't get me wrong, but but let's go back a couple of years. John Harbaugh was start that seat was starting to get a little hot. They start off rough. They switch to Lamar. They go from Joe Flacco to Lamar, and Lamar saved them. Gets him to the playoffs, loses right away to the Chargers, but you could see there's excitement now. There's building. Baltimore's front office, Jamie, also sent out to the fan base a questionnaire. Hey, what would you like to see more of? Lamar. Well, they said, they wrote back, we'd like, we'd like I don't know, exciting players. This isn't an overly exciting team. This was before they drafted Lamar. They draft Lamar, get him in. Fan, fan base goes crazy. So they have benefited from Lamar, no question. But I doubt, Jamie, that they're that they're lowballing Jamar Lamar Jackson. I highly doubt that. Well, they probably are, as far as like, but but define lowball, 
right? They're probably coming in cautiously at a number that they know is not going to be the ultimate number. So the art of negotiation, Anthony, as we all know, or anybody that's been involved in any kind of a negotiation, is you don't come in with your biggest and best offer right away. You kind of come in with yours, then they come back with their high end, and then you meet somewhere in the middle. Right. And then hopefully everybody's happy at that point. There you go. Well, nobody's happy here in the Cardinals, Cardinals Nation here. Why? It seems in last place. Yeah, that's true. That said. That sucks. They do have one really big bright spot in their offense right now. It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So our guy Marshy stormed into the office today, and he was hot, wow. a little fired up, a little hot under the collar. One thing in particular last night really ticked him off. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, it had to be the Pavin Smith Grand Slam. Nope, that wasn't it. Wow. Maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, Marsh wants Ollie fired mm. for some decisions, some poor decisions he's made throughout the course of the year thus far. That wasn't it either. No. One thing specifically about uh, one of the bright spots in this Cardinals lineup, that is what Marsh was ticked off about. So without further ado, Andrew Marsh, take it away. Your anger. It bugged me in the ninth inning. Nolan Gorman up to bat. Uh, Andrew Chafin in. By the way, man, he would have looked good in a Cardinals uniform this year. Oh, boy, I thought about that too. Yeah, um, that's a a discussion for another day. Or maybe we can get into it later today. I don't know. But Nolan Gorman gets... uh, Gets uh, the, the old boot from the game. Dylan Carlson comes in, pinch hitter. Um, because Nolan Gorman apparently can't hit lefties, as the numbers would bear out. Uh, but in my opinion, they don't give him the opportunity to. And I'm wondering why. Why is that, that in the ninth inning, you're down three runs, you guys need some base runners, you have your hottest hitter up to bat, and he, what, he can't hit a lefty? What are you going to do when you're in the playoffs, if you even make it to the mm-hmm. postseason, and you're facing a lefty, and Nolan Gorman, let's just say he's still having a year that he's having right now. He's one of your best hitters on the team. What, are you just not going not gonna to have him in the lineup because a lefty's on the mound? Marshall, like, if you want to develop this guy into being a – you're probably about to agree bad. with me, but if you're going to develop this guy into no, being a big league hitter, hey, old man River, Shut zip it or I'll break your hip. Okay, you fair go. enough. Yep, well said. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you're going to – Develop this guy into being a big league hitter and being one of the the big bats on your team. He's got to be able to hit against lefties. Well, you don't give him the opportunity to. Well, what's going to happen eventually, Anthony? I know you got some great stuff coming up here, but what is going to happen eventually? Oh wait, it's got to be a hockey game that you're covering at some point. I'll just stalk them. Go ahead. You're going to be leaving early again sometime. So. Yeah, probably soon. If you want to hear Anthony's uh, opinion on Nolan Gorman, we have our instant replay show. Anthony, go ahead. No, go ahead. no, we'll do it. It'll be uh, Anthony after dark. Yeah. You get a that would be fun. Later. There you go. All right. So what you're going to run into is if you get into an important game of any kind at all and you're getting towards the end of the game in a close situation, teams are just going to take Gorman out of the equation. All right, time to go to the lefty. Well, why? 
We don't just because we're not going to give Gorman a chance to hit. Ollie's going to take him out. So we'll go lefty here. Gorman now is a non-factor. Mm-hmm. So teams are going to do. Yeah, Anthony, I agree. Your thoughts? I agree. Can't be. He can't. It, Nolan Gorman at this point, he cannot be a five-inning player. Starters are going. You know, we're talking about. We're talking to BT about this. Starters right now in Major League Baseball. It's not just the Cardinals. Teams are going to their bullpen sixth inning, fifth inning. Definitely by the seventh inning. Well, the Cardinals are definitely going to the bullpen in the fifth inning. Eh, about five and two thirds, yeah. Marsh, and then yeah, they're going to the they're going to the pen. Mm-hmm. Nolan Gorman cannot be a five inning player. Can't be a five inning hitter. And this is something that we talked about last year when he didn't look anything like he looked right now. I know there were some flashes of power, some flashes of talent a year ago. This dude has been locked in. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, outside of Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt, this has been your best hitter. So I'm with you guys. You got it. If Nolan Arnato isn't coming out against righties or against lefties, or Paul Goldschmidt, who's another obviously your key guy, if he's not getting replaced in certain spots, at some point, maybe develop Nolan Gorman into that guy as well. Now, if he's terrible, he's dreadful going into the postseason, he can't, can't hit lefties at all. That's a different conversation, but he's not even getting the opportunity right now. Another thing with that at-bat, okay, Nolan Gorman, you pinch hit for him, you bring in Dylan Carlson with Paul Goldschmidt on the bench. I get it's an off day for Paul Goldschmidt. That He needs to hit. He needs to be in that spot. Your team is below 500 right now. You need to put the best players out there. I don't agree with, with uh, Nolan Arnato not playing today. You're turning this thing around. I just, I just don't understand why. That's predetermined. It, it, it's predetermined. I know, uh, I'm not, and I, we learned that today from right. BT. I just, I just don't agree with. with, with well, mm-hmm. Why are these players needing off days already? I, I'm with you. It's April. It's I, I get the need for off days. I do. Hundred percent. And if you're saying to yourself now, you know, hey, so and so back in the '80s mm-hmm. didn't need off days. So and so, Cal Ripken didn't need it in the '90s. I get it. I do. I came from that baseball too. It's just, there's no there's no point in arguing that. Nobody's doing that now. Players are getting more days off. They have more medical data and you know sports science to to back that up. But Marsh, I'm with you. And I think one of the most underrated aspects of being a good manager is having the clubhouse having the temperature of the clubhouse. I think one of the most overrated aspects, actually, is the lineup construction and bullpen because guys make decisions every single night, and we only talk about the when it doesn't when it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into that, sure, but there's a lot of data that's backed up to that too. But when it comes to understanding that you got a seven and ten team, the only team that we mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, that has a negative run differential in the damn division, why not, you know, I don't know, say, Dad, Nolan Arnauto, we need you in the lineup, kid. And, and may- Nolan's not going to push back? No. And maybe it's because you look at the uh, the ro- uh, the roster, the schedule coming up, you have Seattle, you have, I believe you have the Dodgers. Dodgers. You go on the road, a decently long road trip. Mm-hmm. Probably going to need your guys playing in those games, so I get it. But, I mean... I just what I, are to we me doing? to me if if somebody is if a player is mentally fried like Matt Carpenter a couple of years ago was clearly like like he was mentally fried. Remember they were talking about exhaustion with him. That's different. 
I highly doubt that Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt in April are exhausted. It's April 18th. So I'm I'm with you in this. I think you get you get your regulars out there. Yeah. You get this thing going. They have a day off on Thursday. Right. They're not even playing on Thursday. Ollie's not. I, listen. Here's what I think is. Here's my thoughts, and I don't know them to be true, but this is what I have dissected from the situation. Last year, it felt like Goldie and Arenado fizzled out towards the end of the season, and I think Ollie and the Cardinals made a decision that they were going to mix in more days off so that we didn't have the burnout factor at the end of the season. I don't know right now if a game on April 18th against the Diamondbacks is going to burn out Nolan Arenado come the end of September, but if you have too many of these situations to where you're like, ah, this game in May won't hurt them, this game in June won't hurt this game in July, like, I don't know where the cutoff point is, and when you're a manager sometimes or a coach, you you have to put this, like, in ink. Like, we're not changing this in order to stop the temptation of yourself changing it all the time. So I don't know. I don't agree with it. I think Nolan Art, what did I say earlier? Put your best team together. Mm. You're not in a situation to where you can piddle with the, the roster. If you get on a heater where you're not, like, 10 in a row or something like that, but maybe you're 8-2 and two in 10-game span, Things are going pretty well. Now you can kind of tinker with it a little bit because odds are most guys are playing pretty good if you're winning some games. That's where you gave guys some breathing room. But, you know, I don't know. That's that's my take on it. Sure. I think you look at a guy like Jordan Walker, that's a, a great player, for example, that probably needs a day off. He's been struggling at the plate. Let's get somebody else in there. The outfield already is a, a circus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a merry-go-round going around and around. Who knows what's going to happen with the outfield. But Nolan Arenado, he's been unbelievable defensively. Your offense has not been good. It makes no sense to take him out. And especially with the pitching staff, a pitch-to-contact staff, you need your best defense out there too. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't know. That's Andrew Marsh. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's a foul sign on 101 ESPN Cardinals Diamondbacks tonight. By the way, Corbin Carroll is has been scratched, so he will not play tonight mm-hmm. for Arizona. The curse. Uh, Marsh got him. He did. He got him last night. Marsh used his cursing powers for good last night. He had. Corbin Carroll in his beat the streak. Uh, not only did Corbin Carroll not pick up a hit, but um, Marsh just flat out cursed him, and now he's not even in the lineup tonight. We do need a new beat the streak contestant. Text in BTS mm-hmm. to 314-399-9646 if you want to play in beat the streak. Jamie now up to 10. 10 games after he had Nolan Gorman last night. It's easy. Kept saying it's easy, and we didn't listen. <laughs> It's obvious it's easy to this man. Is the blue line today. good enough defensively to get back on track? That's, that's next on 101 ESPN. Oh, boy. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. we're here with the same core group of D in the same spot, you don't have to ask that question ever again. Uh, I, I do believe that they're good enough, but we're past the what does the manager believe to what, what can they do. We're going to give them the opportunity. I'm going to, I and Craig will work together to find the right coach for them. I want their insight on how the game, they believe the game should be played, how the game's evolved from their position, what type of support that they, they thought that they 
needed from the forwards they didn't get, what type of support. You know, I'm going to talk to Jordan Benning about it. It's, it's a, I said to the players, like, I'm the manager, Craig's the coach, but we work together. That was Doug Armstrong on if the Blues' top four players can be good enough to get the defense right, the defense and the you know the defenders. Taking a lot of criticism this year for the Blues not making the playoffs, but as Jamie Rivers has, has talked about repeatedly, uh, Jamie, you've, you've mentioned this, it's not just the defenders. The, playing defense at any level is, it, ta- it takes uh, you know a five-man unit. It takes an entire group to play play well defensively, forwards and defenders. So talking about the top four players, specifically with this defense, you know, is the blue line good enough defensively to get back on track? Boy, I would hope so, Jamie, because you don't have a ton of options. You've got Justin Falk under contract, and, that, and Justin Falk has played, he's been your best defender. Colton Pareko, we've talked about this ad nauseum. I know that some fans would replace Colton Pareko if they had the, the opportunity. However, the uniqueness of his skill set would lead you to believe that the Blues want to keep him. Tory Krug's making a lot of money. He's got a long-term contract. So it's, it's going to be very difficult to move him. Nick Letty's making some decent money, too, after paying him this past offseason after you acquired him for the Red Wings. You're pay- it, can, the, can the top four players be good enough to get the defense right next year? Boy, it better be. That, that, that's my answer. Yeah, um, okay, so let's break this down. Again, uh, your top four defensemen all have no trade clauses. So you're starting your offseason off with that, we'll call it a situation rather than a dilemma. Either way, it's not ideal if you're Doug Armstrong and you're looking to make some changes. Um, And I'm not even saying he is looking to make changes. We can only assume at this point. The team overall did not defend well. They didn't. And I'm going to take away all the the forecheck and the neutral zone and the forwards and all that because nobody wants to hear that. One, they don't realize it, they don't identify it, and they don't want to hear about it. They Mm -hmm. just want their pound of flesh. Okay, so here's your pound of flesh. Your decor were extremely soft and weak in the middle of the ice. Bottom line. They were net front, uh, lower slot shots, inner slot, high slot shots, all that stuff, backdoor tap-ins. Your defense was not good enough strong enough, physical enough, or tenacious enough in those areas, and it costs you. That's not the only thing that happened, but if you want your pound of flesh, there it is. That is it right there in a nutshell for each and every single one of those defensemen. That's exactly what they did wrong. How do you fix it? You got to get a guy in here that plays that way. You have to have, like Tyler Tucker, why did he become a topic of conversation because you're doing exactly the things you were just talking about. he provided that so along with the fact that he was able to move the puck better than expected skates a little better than we thought all that stuff when he came in and battled block shots hit guys and fought we're like okay i'll take one of those right and he's worked his way into the conversation where craig bruby and doug armstrong are talking about him like in the future plans mm-hmm. in a perfect world And I don't like to trade players. It's not my job to do that. So I'll just discuss what I think would be a more productive roster on the back end. I think Nick Letty is a second-pair defenseman. I think Nick Letty alongside Justin Falk is a great pairing. I think uh, Colton Pareko and player X 
is your top pair. I don't know who who player X is yet. But you go back to Colton Pareko's biggest successes, they're alongside Jay Bowmeister. Jay Bowmeister didn't play tough. Then, you know, I, I don't even know if he ever fought in his career, maybe once. But he was a big, tall, strong player, good skater, closed out ice very well. He was a very compatible partner for Colton Pareko. I don't think that Nick Letty is not, but I see Nick Letty in a, in a, in a less, not a lesser role, but just with Justin Falk in that second pairing. And so, well, what about Tory Krug? That's Tory Krug is still one of the most productive power play defensemen in the NHL. The problem is that your power play was no good last year. Is that all his fault? No, it's not. It's not, but it also reeks of we need to change something mm-hmm. on the power play. Is it Tory Krug? I don't know. I think, to me, I think he's still one of the better power play defensemen. But I also feel like, I feel like teams out there would really want Tory Krug. And if if Army was to look to move on from a contract, you always look to yourself, to your organization, go, do we have somebody internally that can do this job? And you don't know for sure yet, but you have a pretty good idea that Scott Perunovich can do this type of job. So therefore, that's where I would lean, is if we're going to change the defense core at all, one, I think, you know, does Tyler Tucker get an opportunity to play in the top four? Yeah, no. So text line, if somebody says, well, put Tucker with Pareko, that's not the jump that he's going to be able to make. He's going to be your third pair defenseman. Um, So who ultimately ends up being that partner for Pareko. Well, maybe it is Nick Letty. Maybe it is him. And then or maybe Scott Perunovich is with the Justin Falk. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there needs to be some kind of change on the back end. Personally, me, um, I would go looking at a guy like Joel Edmondson and bring back a guy like that and pair him with Colton Pareko. He has developed leaps and bounds from when he was a blues player. He's become a very important player piece of the puzzle in Montreal, so much so that I don't know if they would be willing to part with him, but he's the guy for me. That That is the the blueprint for what I would like to see with Colton Pareko uh, moving forward. But Army's got a lot of work to do, and again, let's circle back to the beginning of the entire discussion. All Your, your top four defensemen all have no trade clauses, so Army's going to have to get extremely creative or vicious with these guys, and I don't know which one, uh, I don't know which door he'll pick for that. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast on 101 ESPN. We've got our Sports 6 pack coming up in a little bit. 314-399-9646. If you want to send us a question for the Sports 6 pack, great. If you'd rather leave us a mic drop, maybe we'll have your uh, select. Well, maybe we'll select yours for the biggest question of the day at 5:30. So leave us a mic drop with a question that you have, and it doesn't have to be uh, sports related, or you know, it could be basically, you know, kind of loosely sports related. We also have uh, a bit of a lineup adjustment remember how i said marsh cursed corbin carroll and now corbin carroll for the diamondbacks rookie potential phenom Mm -hmm. you had him last night yeah and beat the streak didn't get a hit didn't get a hit was in the lineup then he got scratched good he's back isn't he no oh who's who's the first guy you cursed brennan donovan we'll give you an update on him next on 101 espn Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
your time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So our uh, our producer, Andrew Marsh, she's got a habit of cursing people unwillingly, unknowingly. Uh, is but, he our version of the BKO? Yeah, I think so. I did it one time. Yeah, twice. Yeah, so, but one of them was for the betterment of this franchise. Doesn't matter. You still have the gift. So last night, we're playing Beat the Streak. Which we'll play, and we do need a, a new Beat the Street contestant. If Marsh, you haven't picked one out yet, we will play at 545. Anthony, I'm about to, you finish what you're about to say. I'm about to spin this on you. All right, fair enough. Oh boy, so you keep go. going. I'm so, about to spin this. So Andrew Marsh, last night for Beat the Streak, chose Corbin, uh, Corbin Carroll, the dynamic phenom for the Arizona Diamondbacks, a, uh, a rookie player, who did not get a hit despite... You know, basically having a, a great start to the season. He was close. He got robbed by uh, Brendan Donovan, Donovan, and then he walked. More. And he did trot around the bases watching that grand slam. Okay, enough did. with that. Oof. Yeah, and we'll get to Brendan Donovan here in a second. But Corbin Carroll was the choice for Andrew Marsh. Marshy cursed him. He didn't get a hit last night. He was back in the lineup tonight. He was scratched by the Diamondbacks. So Corbin Carroll's not playing tonight. What did he do, Anthony? I don't know. Well, it just it just says Marsh, so I don't know. Oh wow, <laughs> he he scratched. Yeah. Reason Marsh. Marsh. The first player that Andrew Marsh cursed in our beat the streak, of course, was uh, the Cardinals' very own Brendan Donovan, who went into a mini funk after Marsh cursed him in beat the streak, and uh, Brendan Donovan was just scratched by the Cardinals. We don't know why. Taylor Motter oh boy. entered the lineup. He'll bat eighth tonight. So here's your new lineup for the Cardinals. Lars Newbar is now leading off playing right field. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting second, playing first. What? Alec Burleson is your DH, and he's hitting third. Wilson Contreras is still your cleanup hitter because, I don't know, Ollie likes last place in the NL Central, and uh, he doesn't want to play uh, Nolan Arenado. I think we've established that. Nolan Gorman is playing second base and hitting fifth. Tyler O'Neill is playing left field, hitting six. Dylan Carlson moves up one spot. He's your center fielder. He's batting seventh. As I mentioned, Taylor Motter will play third base and hit eighth. And Tommy Edmond is your shortstop, hitting ninth. Okay, I understand Newt moving and Motter go- going down low, but why would you move Goldie and Burleson? What the hell is the difference? What is the difference? I'm Honestly, are you doing it just to do it? Because... Yeah, Donovan, Burleson, Goldie, and now you've got Newt. You would have had Newt, Burleson, Goldie, Lefty, Lefty, Goldie, and now he went Newt, Goldie. But like, why? If you if you were gonna do left, right, left in the order, wouldn't you have done that from the very beginning? What does that actually change, Jamie? I, the the wheel spun and it it no, said what Goldie. does it change? It like, changes I nothing, Jamie. What do you want from Marsh and I? I want you to answer with an opinion. Hey, guess what? <laughs> I, God, Jamie, it doesn't make any sense. I'm with you. That's my Fair. opinion. That's all I'm looking for, or pushback, whatever. I just don't know why. Like, why would you do that? Jamie, why? It was because pre-planned three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he had it written in ink three weeks ago. Here's your answer. Uh, he found a magical coin underneath Goldschmidt's uh, locker, and he said, "You know what? Uh, the coin read at one of the at one point the gold coin said two on it." And he goes, "You know what? I can't bat him third. I got to move him up to second. It doesn't. Um, so there you go. It doesn't make any sense to me. Flipping Newt and doing all that, yeah, that makes sense. 
moving Goldie and uh, swapping him and Burleson after you already had it set the other way doesn't make any sense to me. Anyways, whatever. All right, Flippy McGee, go for it. Oh, yeah. Who's uh, Flippy McGee? He's talking about me. Oh. Uh, since I, quote-unquote, cursed Brendan Donovan, not in the lineup tonight. He was scratched. However, it just so happens that the last person to choose Brendan Donovan and beat the streak was the fast lane zone, Anthony Stalter. And what happened? He got a base hit. That's right. He sure did. But he's out of the lineup tonight. Hmm. Well. Just saying. Some curses. That's are, your flip. Some curses are strong. <laughs> the last than person others. to use them. <laughs> I I used them for good. Yeah, you even hit a, you, hit a single. You put that evil base on hit. him. Hit a Marsh. base hit single. Wow. Uh, the Bunt. text lines calling it hashtag marshed. That's what happens when marshed. you get scratched. <laughs> I like or, that. Or uh, you know, like end that. up having a bad game. Okay, so six three six goes. Now Jamie wants copy and paste. No, I don't. But you can't change your mind three hours later from like it just doesn't make any sense. No, Jamie, Jamie, you're you're absolutely right, man. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to to flip those two guys based on Brendan Donovan exiting the lineup. No. It does it does nothing. It impacts zero. Putting Lars Newbar first does should not signify a oh I've got to switch Goldschmidt. There must be some reason. I just I don't know. I'm not smart enough to. I've never been a baseball manager. Sorry, it just. Aggravated me, Anthony. So I have a question. Um, Late in the game, let's say a very similar situation to last night. A lefty comes in. um, Nolan Gorman is up to bat, right? He tonight is your second baseman. Originally was your third baseman until uh, Taylor Motter entered into the fold. Um, Is Arenado just not available today? Just like Goldie was not available last night where Dylan Carlson hit in the ninth inning. Paul Goldschmidt. So if you get in that same situation, is Arenado just not in the cards and Jordan Walker becomes your right-handed hitter? If you're asking me what I would do, Marsh, I'm trying to win a game. Well, so, I understand that. And I know you're just you're just phrasing the question. Right, I totally sure. get it. You're phrasing it. This isn't your opinion. You're you're adding to the conversation, which I think, you know, Marsh, you and I had this conversation off air uh, a couple of segments ago where it's like sometimes we throw out an idea and it's yeah. like, you dumb morons. Yeah. Okay, we're just having a conversation here, okay? It's not it's not our opinion. I mean, that is usually the case, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah we are morons, dumb morons, sure. absolutely. But Marsh, for me, I, I'm trying to win a game. Mm-hmm. So everybody, Nolan, yes, of course Nolan Arnato is available off the bench. Absolutely. Uh, it's a scheduled day off. I don't give a crap. I, I, I'd have him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. But... To your question, yeah. which I think is interesting, because now you're down, you're down a guy. You know, we didn't see Goldschmidt enter the lineup last night, correct? We did not. No, he did not pinch hit in that so, spot. Dylan Carlson did. So my guess would be that Ollie's like, no, it's a day off. That's it. You're not going to see him. But for me, I'm trying to win a game. Yeah, but you're this three, is you're where seven and ten. This goes back to my frustration with Ollie a little bit is that he's got it. You know, it's just like it's it's tattooed, right? Like we're done. It's permanent, right? You have to still be flexible in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're like, day off's a day off. No, Goldie, don't you dare touch that bat. One at-bat's not going to ruin his day off. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And, you're, and again, you're, try, you're trying to flip the script here. You're trying to get a little momentum going. You've had zero. Outside, outside of the Toronto series, which feels like decades ago now. Yeah. I will say, um, I was watching the, the games this weekend when they were playing the Pirates, and I believe Brian Reynolds on Thursday night did not play he was a pinch hitter, only had one at bat, didn't get on base, um, and it might have been 
Jimmy Ball game might have brought this up, that why hit him in that situation if he is not mentally prepared to be in the game because if you do put him in the game oh at that God. point I mean, oh you, gotta be, you gotta be mentally prepared to play well, listen, it, come on listen it came down to the point where if brian reynolds for instance isn't prepared to play in that game because he has a quote-unquote scheduled day off he then goes home and wonders all night you know what could have i have done better in that one situation it's, instead of being in the lineup and then getting multiple opportunities. I yeah, I couldn't given... disagree anymore. Yeah. You're a professional athlete. You could be tapped on the shoulder at any moment to go in the game. I mean, come on. Right. Oh, it's taxing me. I wasn't ready for it. This this at-bat doesn't count. I wasn't ready for <laughs> right. it. Right. Like, no. You got to be prepared at all times. Yeah. I but mean, come on. I'm with you, Jamie. Especially if you're Goldie, Arenado, or Reynolds. You know you're a, a big piece of... Right. The, uh, the the team, equation the yep. equation mm-hmm. and if you're quite honestly if I'm one of those guys and I see that we have a runner in scoring position and that I've been sitting on the bench and it's the ninth or the eighth inning I'm telling Ollie myself yeah. hey buddy I'm ready you you want me to go here I'm ready let's do it yeah. we, we got a text by the way uh, real quick from six one eight this is Ollie Marmol F U Jamie L O L yeah. Oh no. Ollie's so now we in. got Ollie. Oh, this got is Gersh. 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 Yeah. Which, by the way, ever since you mentioned that, the six one hate has made it apparent to mention Gersh in every single text message yeah. that involves the coaching staff and the front office. Mo Dewitt. It's a direct Gersh test. is in there. If you're if you're actually Gersh mm. and somebody something you do somebody caught you perfect alibi. You start to throw yeah. the Gersh name in there. Yeah. Yep. We're on to you, Michael. Thanks we for listening. We have one here uh, from the 618. says, let's not forget, Jamie called in from Mexico when the Blues made a big trade. Arenado can at least come off the bench in the night. That's a great point. That's a great point. I'm pretty sure Jamie was ham-sauced at that point, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I was ready. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Our sports six-pack is next. 314-399-9646 of the Air Conference Service Stocks Line. See if you have a question for the sports six-pack. We'll read it off next here in the fast lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. Time for the Sports 6 back here on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. Air Comfort Service tax line is 314-399-9646. Go! Uh, real quick before we start, from the 573, uh, going back to the Brian Reynolds situation. Uh, it was a different scenario, Jamie. Jimmy was talking about when up four to five runs, not giving guys the day off. No reason to have that player bat. All right, well, I would agree with that. If the game's out of reach and you told this guy he's got the day off, I mean, yeah. but at the end of the day, we did get another one, too, here from the 314. says, why is a player in uniform on the bench if he's got scheduled off, if not to be potentially used given the right circumstance? If, they can't, if they're not expected to play at all, uh, leave them in the clubhouse or at the hotel. Hmm. All right, we're ready. Caught him for a day. Question number one. Roster from flexibility. The- <laughs> Uh, from the 314, what is the best Stanley Cup matchup for the NHL? 
Oh, these are always interesting. So from a uh, competition standpoint or a uh, eyeballs, like people like interested in it? Uh, because, I say interested. I don't know, maybe both. I don't know. I have a few different opinions, too, for, for mm. both scenarios. I, so. say, I say interested, like, like best, um, entertaining, all of that. I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go that route. Okay. Um, I think... That's tough, right? Because like you got some major markets. I'm, I'm thinking I can't get my my business hat off here. Let's go hockey hat. Put that one on for a second. We don't I, care what hat you put on. Yeah. Just do it on your own time. Yeah, I'm trying. Um, I mean, from a competition, from an intriguing standpoint, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Vegas Golden Knights. You got a team that has had horrific playoff performances for a long time now. Uh, expectations through the roof. For the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then you get the Vegas Golden Knights, still a franchise that has been competitive since day one. And they got to the cup final, but never won it. Uh, so I think getting back there again and playing the Maple Leafs, I think for me, that's that's intriguing. Does anybody outside of Vegas really draw viewers outside? And, and, and I'm not talking about viewers in their own market, like market size, like but I'm Western talking about. Conference? Yeah, in the Western Conference, because you look at it, I don't know how many people are interested in Edmonton outside like of, of Canada. I feel like a lot of people would. Just because uh, of Connor McDavid, McDavid but, but still, still Edmonton, you know? Colorado, you just saw. Yeah. LA, huge market, but I, I don't know if the draw is there for the Kings this year. Dallas, no. Minnesota, definitely not. Seattle, maybe from an underdog standpoint, the fact they were an expansion team you know, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And Winnipeg, no. So I think it's Vegas. It's going to be Vegas or just a complete underdog story that everybody's rooting for it. And it's the Seattle Kraken and Bowie's, you know. Oh, my God. Don't bring him up. He's in your dreams. Mm. He's in your nightmares. Hey, who do you think would win in a nightmare battle between Klausdale and Bowie? It's not even close. Klaus. I want to believe that, Jamie. I want to believe that. But I think both. Like a good Mortal Kombat fight. Finish him. I could see both just disappearing. After battling, <laughs> yes, like an honorable way. Sure, yeah, yeah, what? sure. There's no honor in a battle in the East. <laughs> Jamie, you covered Toronto. I, there's not a you don't you can't go wrong too many in too many areas with with the East. Boston's the best team on earth. Yeah, the um, Rangers. The Rangers Boston, being a big market. Toronto, like you're saying, intriguing. Tampa, obviously, with the last couple of years of success. You know, I don't know if the Islanders are interesting or the, the Panthers outside of our guy, Matthew Kachuk. But, yeah, so I'll go Vegas and uh, Boston. I think and I'll I root my hockey pucks off for, mm-hmm. for Vegas. I I think Edmonton-Toronto would be the best matchup. Wow. You'd we, lose a lot of viewership boy, down you here. Do not would like, you, though? You, you would. do not like America. You don't think Americans who are watching hockey wouldn't want to see the two, one of the – Two might. best players. Matthews and, and yeah, Matthews yeah. against McDavid. You never got to see Crosby against Ovechkin in a Stanley I Cup just don't because know they've been what, in the same conference. For me, yeah, people true. usually want some kind of an emotional attachment to the game. And I just don't know how some of your markets in the States would have emotional attachment to either of those teams. Okay, what about Edmonton against the Rangers? Well, then I think the Rangers, yeah. There you go. You have the best player in the world playing on the team, the same team that the former best player in the world played on in the Edmonton Oilers going up against the capital of, you know, the sports capital of America or whatever, New York. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think Jacob Troop is the best player in our on on earth though. I'd take him. That guy's vicious. Anthony. I like what you did there. Thank you. All right, whatever. <laughs> Vegas it is. We'll just go back to Vegas. <laughs> Marsh, ah, I cool. Kevin. I do though. I like the passion from Marsh. Just Vegas. I like it. Well, I mean, if you're not if you're a hockey fan in the United States, you're going to be watching the Stanley Cup playoffs no matter what. And if you're not a hockey fan, you're probably not going to be watching it. You don't think so? I disagree. I think that uh, I think you 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 bring up some excellent points. But for me, it's the casual fan who's flipping through, mm-hmm. and they see uh, the Rangers versus the Golden Knights. They're like, yeah. oh, hey, the Rangers. You know, they see the Maple Leafs and the Oilers, and they don't know anything. They're like, yeah, where are the the Toronto and Edmonton? Oh, this Honey, must be a that? Canadian thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the Canadian. But you think you think just it's because the Canadian Cup? What's the difference between them being in? A different United States city. You have two of the best players in the world on each team. You wouldn't you want that to be the Stanley Cup? Yeah. You have Connor Mc, Connor McDavid not being in the the Stanley Cup is like Mike Trout not being in the playoffs. Well, get He's the used best to it. Player, you want him in the at the you know in the brightest moment. Oh, no, what they want is him to get traded to a U.S. team like Wayne Gretzky did. And then Austin Matthews, he's not going to be in Toronto much longer if they don't do anything. He'll be in the Western Conference, probably in Arizona. Oh, I don't think he's going to go to Mullet Arena. That's for sure. Oh, he might. Doubt it. How interested are you, Marsh, in an Angels-Padres World Series? Angels-Padres? Yeah. I think it'd be great. Fires, if the Cardinals aren't Fires in you it. up. Oh, my God. There's so much talent in that. Go so from, much talent. You go from 6 to midnight? Uh-huh. I always go from 6 to midnight, Anthony. Zero to one hundred. What if the Six Mariners? What if the Mariners were in the National League? Would you be interested in Angels Mariners? The Angels World, Mariners, yeah, World Series. Well, they're not, so we don't have to worry about it. You sidestepped my mind there. He did. Because mm-hmm. I know Rodriguez is incredibly exciting. Yeah. Obviously, the Angels got Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah. I don't know what the draw would be. Again, if the Mariners were in the National League, if it was Mariners and Angels, despite the fact that they'd have some star power. But I see your point, Marsh. I think it's well made. I mean, there's other players on the oil. You got Leon Dreisidel, another great player. Sure. Yeah. A lot of talent up there in Canada. Nugent Hopkins. Got him, too. I also f- would find it hilarious if the Oilers lost in the first round. And if Toronto lost in the first round, I would find it very funny. Question number two. All right, from the three-one question two, we, get, we went eight. Well, that's because Marsh, he blew a gasket there. He did. I've been blowing gaskets all, all You've damn been day. You sure have. You've been an angry been little fired elf. Up. The Cardinals can't win a game. <laughs> Giving up grand slams. Unbelievable. Uh, from three-one four, Anthony and Jamie, have you all noticed that that's starting to become a theme, that the theme of the season so far is that we're saying Colorado, Pittsburgh, and now Arizona are all better than we thought? Yes, this is where I would say, though, and I won't do this for the Cardinals because I don't want to upset people. It's early. It is early. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the Cardinals. Not for the Cardinals. I think that they should, the expectation should be that they should win every game. For these other teams, the Pirates, you know, being 10 and 7, the Diamondbacks being 10 and 7. Who was the other team? Marlins, basically all no, all the teams that we played so far. Okay. So Colorado, Pittsburgh, Arizona. Yeah, they've been better. They've been better than what we'd expect because the Cardinals have been trash this year. 
So I did get a text from. Uh, did from, I do that right? Sure. Okay. Wow. I got a text today from my buddy who is a Cubs fan. He says, "Do you think the Cubs are good?" I think their offense is good. I said no. I think they're a high 70, low 80 win team. I think they're going to be better uh, than the Cardinals. That all I that offense is very good. So then it makes you Especially wonder now that they got back um Seiya Suzuki. It makes you wonder like what did the Cubs do this offseason that the Cardinals didn't? And we talked about that in the offseason. Spent money. They did spend money, and they they got a guy that I mean I have been saying this now I'll say it all season with the Blues say it I've been again. saying it with the Cardinals say it again Anthony you got to find some of these one one year deals that you love these one year deals don't you're laughing right now Jamie but love, Cody Bellinger is dropping bombs on people's faces I in, in Dodger Stadium I, I love get, the one year deal I want deals. you to get a tattoo on your forearm. One year deal. That's fine. Jamie, you can make fun of me about I'm it. I'm not. That's fine. You're passionate about it, Anthony, and I like that about you. I'm going to stand my ground Incredibly on this. Incredibly passionate. Anthony, blow a gasket. Do it. One yeah. year deals don't hurt. Marshy's been blowing them all day. Who's he blowing? Gaskets. No, gaskets. Gasket. He's been blowing a gasket. Which gasket is he blowing? Yeah. All of them. All of them. Wow. All right. Let's continue this. Six More six back next because we can't answer more than two questions here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. All right, since we're uh, terrible at getting through six questions, we need two segments. Our Sports Six Pack continues now. Question number three. From the 314, what is the hardest position in sports to play? Is it the quarterback? Is it the keeper, goalie? Is it a pitcher? I think it's I, th- I, th- I think it's quarterback. I'm not saying that other positions aren't hard, but you're talking about a position that you, in order to have, and I'm not talking about just, you know, across the board. I'm talking about to 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 truly be great, you need to know where what every position on the field is going to do on a certain play. That's all. That's that's offensively. Then you're looking at a defense. You're reading a defense. You're reading a defense pre-snap. You're gauging what the defense is likely to do that's pre-snap then post-snap that defense might move to a completely different coverage you have to diagnose that while still recognizing where guys are going to be open or setting your protection correctly i mean there's there's a ton to know as a quarterback that's during a game that's not even the lead up to it so I, i think it's quarterback yeah i would agree with that I think the quarterback has so many more variables that come into the equation where pitcher, you know, he has to execute his pitch. It's one versus one. A goaltender, you have to stop the puck. I mean, I'm simplifying both of those things right now. But that's the main thing. Um, So, yeah, a a quarterback, yeah, you've got to read all this stuff. And you've got all these monsters that are trying to – 
rip your soul out mm-hmm. at the same time. So I would agree with that, Anthony. I think the most difficult thing to do would be to be be a hitter. Because I think that's that is I mean, you're just it's steeped in failure. You're gonna fail way more than you succeed. With if failure is you don't get a base hit or you don't get on base, you're gonna fail way more throughout the course of a year. So I think that might be the most difficult thing, but I think the hardest position to play in all of sports is quarterback. Question number four. From the 636, would missing the postseason be the best thing to happen to fix this Cardinals uh, team's problems, much like with what happened with the Blues? Well, I understand your line of thinking on that. I think the line of thinking would be then they'll actually make some changes. You're not wrong. When the Cardinals missed the playoffs, three was it three consecutive years? 17, 18, 19? It was too much. That's all 16, I remember. 17, 18, 16, 17, 18. 18. 18. Is that what it is? 16, 16 17, 18. Three straight years. You changed the draft philosophy. That was when they really took a, a, a longer look at, you know, adding talent from outside, outside of the organization. You wind up with Paul Goldschmidt. You wind up with Nolan Arenado. They got, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out, but they got they got aggressive with Marcelo Zuna. I think they changed their approach. What they didn't do is what I think most fans want them to do is just spend wildly like Philadelphia did or like New York has done or San Diego has done. That's a build to wit thing. When it came to not making the postseason, ah, Mo didn't do anything. You're wrong. Mo actually, again, he changed the draft philosophy for this organization. He changed his free agent approach. He changed uh, trades, you know, making making deals in the offseason. I think Mo did alter things. If you're looking that for them to be the Mets, look no further than Steve Cohen and, and the DeWitts. You want them to spend wildly? And I'm not saying that's the right way to go about it, by the way. But if you want them to spend wildly, I, I've said this before, you got to st- stop blaming Mo. Let's be mad at the right the right people. If we're going to be mad. You know, over the, the course of the past few years, I feel like we've heard the same thing, you know, developing the the prospects you know just wait be be patient right be patient but within that span i feel like the front office has not looked to this exact point where you have in my opinion the best lineup that you've had in quite some time Mm -hmm. to have the what was it the foresight to know that this pitching staff is not a championship quality pitching staff why don't you want to pair that up? And this and this isn't oh, this offseason, this previous offseason type thing. I think it's more of a let's look three years ago and, and look into the future and see what kind of pitching staff will we have that lines up with this lineup that we project that we'll have. If that makes any sense. It, it makes a lot of sense. But let's okay, so let's let's do that then. Mm-hmm. Let's go back what three years ago was kind of your marker. I know you just threw out kind of an arbitrary yeah, number, but whatever. let's just say three three years ago. Three years ago, you thought Jack Flaherty was going to be an ace, and you Jack know? Flaherty still can be that because he has to be this year. Yeah, I think that that therein lies the issue, right? Like if you're viewing him still as as the, that guy, then then you're just hoping as opposed to having a, an actual game plan. But three years ago, to project a little bit, you're thinking, okay, Flaherty's going to be, all right, we'll just throw this in pen. Flaherty's going to be, then he got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think injuries derail you a lot. When you look at the offense, though, and you say, well, we project that Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman and Dylan Carlson and uh, 
we'll just we'll just stick with those three guys. We project that they're going to be starters. They are. Yeah. And now you got Brendan Donovan and Alec Burleson that kind of came out of you know not nowhere but unlikely contributors, and then you supplemented that by signing Wilson Contreras as well. So from an offensive standpoint, even though the even though you're not you're not the production isn't there yet because you're you're not delivering with runners in scoring position. You still projected this, and it's happening. Now I think they just need to do that with the pitching staff, and hopefully some of these young guys, you know, Tink Hens and Gordon Graceffel will be ready a year from now. But to your point, you're still going to have to get aggressive. An ace is not within the next two years, and I'm t- I'll, I'll include this year. Mm-hmm. An ace will need to be acquired from another team. That's the bottom line. Which stinks because now you have to give up some of that young talent. Yes that is starting to hit really well right now or is doing well in in the minors right now all because you don't feel comfortable enough to spend on it yeah you're right you're gonna have to package up a paul de young and andrew kisner and uh you know tyler o'neill and go get Shohei. you're right question number five all right to a lighter note from the 314 what was your best slash funniest moment with another player that you interviewed or played with Oh man, funniest moment with a player for an interview? Yeah. I, see, these questions are tough. Um, these are tough because I'm like trying my brack and my well, brain. I, here. Hold on, uh, Jamie. I think I think that that it may be just just limited on time, right? But during the pandemic, I thought Jamie and I had the most fun that we have had on radio with the interviews because we were asking. Guys like John Mozalock and Eli Drinkowitz and anybody that was coming on our show, we developed the question of, okay, if you're coming on the show, we'll have some fun. It's a pandemic. There's no sports going on. We're trying to provide a little bit of levity for people. We started to ask people, if you're if you're grilling outside, what is your drink of choice? Some people drink beer when they're grilling. Some people drink, you know, bourbon. Some people drink vodka, whatever it is. And people really kind of took to that. So I think that was fun. We also asked Eli Drinkwitz if we could try out for his football team, and he said yes. He said it in a very eloquent way, eloquent way. But uh, I think that that was really the most that was the most fun we've had. It was during the pandemic, having guys like Mo on and Eli Drinkwitz and I forget who else we were talking to. We we had just, we had a bunch of people on. Yeah. We had a good time with that. We had Jax from uh from Vanderpump, uh, Vanderpump Rules. Rules. Like we just started to reach out to whoever, and I think that wound up being fun because people were ready to just, you know. Well, they knew there was no sports. To, yeah, they, they knew there was no sports to talk about at the time. Right, and so like the interviews were very different, mm-hmm. more talk show ish than sports right. talk. And I think that was fun. Yeah, I think so too. Question number six. All right, real quick, I have to ask this question because this texter has sent the question in at least 10 times in the last 10 minutes. From the 618, what does Jordan Walker need to do to start getting the ball in the air? Barrel it. He's got to barrel it more. His max exit velocity is excellent. His hard hit percentage is is good. It's, ab- it's, it's above average. Uh, his average exit velocity, though, is... It's right at average, but his barrel percentage is down. So if he starts hitting the ball harder, right there on the barrel, 
the launch angle also is, you know, that that that's got to factor in too. I don't have his launch angle numbers in front of me. But these are the things that people don't want to hear about. They don't want to hear about launch angle. But if you're talking about lifting the ball, mm-hmm. you're talking about launch angle, and then with launch angle and barrel percentage and hard hit rate, now you're driving the ball out of the yard. And he's not barreling the ball enough at his average exit velocity to drive that ball out of the yard, get lift on it, and separate. I wonder if that has anything to do with what Jamie asked BT earlier in the show about swinging at first pitch. You look at his first pitch swing percentage is at 47%. MLB average is at 295 So maybe if he's letting uh, pitches go by, getting into certain counts that allow him to see better pitches, maybe he'll end up driving the ball and thus getting the ball in the air. I think it starts there. I also just found it, Marsh. Launch angle, Major League Baseball average for launch angle is 12.1. That's that's the launch angle, Major League average. Jordan Walker's at three and a half. So he's not... He, it, he doesn't he's want not, the wind to be a part of it. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have the lift yet. So you don't want to hear about that aspect of it, but if you're wondering, hey, why isn't he lifting the ball more? Why is, it's that. This is why launch angle has been has become such a big topic of conversation in baseball. We'll play Pete the Streak next, plus what you missed here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. hit baseballs all of my successes depend on me you're ready to hit the hits just keep on coming and his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle all right let's jump right into it we have beat the streak here we we asked for a new contestant because unfortunately yesterday you got bounced right away you had nolan arenado uh, Nolan, Nolan Arenado did not produce a hit. So, we have Tanner on the line. What's up, T-Bone? Not much. How's it going? Good. You ready to play Beat the Streak? I'm ready. All right, Marsh, tell us about the standings. Yeah, so Jamie is currently at 9. He said what? earlier he's at 10. The numbers were fudged. This could be a Mr. 3000 thing if Jamie does end up, quote-unquote, beating the streak of 56. Uh, but we'll find out. I don't know. It could maybe not matter after tonight. We'll see. Ooh. But Jamie right now has nine. Anthony, you have five. I have zero because of Corbin Carroll. And today we have Tanner, who is in beat the streak for the first time. Yeah, he's starting, he's starting, starting out. fresh. All right, so unfortunately, T-Bone, you're going to start last. But Jamie goes first. I go second. Marsh. Actually, no, no we'll listener. Yeah, that's right. Listener. If, if we're tied, then... Uh, the listener will will get the nod over to one the of listener. us. Exactly. All right, Jamie. Yeah. Take uh, it away. Well, this guy is going to be hungry today. I see. I know where you're going. He got benched yesterday. Poor performance. Ollie Marmel sending a message to this guy, letting him know that what he's been doing, although it's been great, not good enough for this franchise. Paul Goldschmidt is my pony tonight. I like that. Okay. I'm going to go with the Diamondback. I'm going to go with Cattell Martell. Marte, I mean, excuse me, Marte. Cattell Marte is going to be my selection tonight for Beat the Streak. Marshy, no, I'm sorry. T-Bone, Tanner, go for it. Who's yep. your guy? I will do Wilson Contreras. He filled in for Goldie yesterday at three. I think it fired him up, getting moved up in the lineup, and now he's hitting four for Arenado tonight. 
two doubles yesterday. I'm going Wilson Contreras. All right, I like the breakdown, T-Bone. Marshy. Uh, I went with a Diamondback last uh, night. Hopefully. Not going to do that tonight. I'm going with oh, Jamie's no. favorite player, Taylor Motter, to oh, get a base boy. hit. Okay. All right. Entering the lineup tonight as uh, Brandon Donovan yep. has been scratched. Tanner, good luck to you. I hope we talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, sir. All right, that'll ha- that'll uh, that'll do it for us. Don't forget, download the podcast, 101ESPN.com, or your 101 ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We have an instant replay show coming up from 6 to 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock here in the Fast Lane. For Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody joining and participating throughout the course of the day today. Again, instant replay, 6 to 7. Your Cardinals play at 645. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.